0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: And so I was going to do a show Shit, I was <laughs> And I got caught up You know, I was hanging with the grandparents And you know, trying to get things done for them Family drama <laughs> And all kind of shit going on And I just didn't have the time I kept planning on doing the show And I didn't do one I I apologize to y'all too. And then Saturday, I, I came back to Texas Saturday, so I was traveling Saturday, so that's why y'all didn't get a show on Saturday. But child, we got a lot to talk about, so we might have two shows this week. You know how we doing? <laughs> we got a lot to discuss. It was a lot of going on. Now I, I heard tonight the Gladys Knight versus Taylor Bell versus was going on. Listen, I'm gonna tell you something. Let's talk about verses first. let Let's talk, can, Should we start the show talking about verses? Okay, we're going to talk about that. Give me a minute here before we get into verses. But uh, first of all, I just wanted to let everybody know what was going on with me. I had a great week. It was fun. My grandparents were doing well. They, You know, they had trip. <laughs> they got a trip. My grandparents are a mess, honey. A mess and a half, okay? But it was so fun to be at home. It rained like half the week. And Kansas City, and it got, like, cold, you know, and stuff like that. But it was, I enjoy, I always enjoy going home. It is, you know, it is healing energy for me. And this time it was so fun. You know, I just got a got a chance to get away and just really kind of breathe a little bit and take it to do some things that I plan to do. You know, it was fun making my grandfather go to the doctor and stuff like that. <laughs> so it was really, it, it was good. I had a really Really great week, okay. I hope y'all's was great too. So let's start off talking about verses, okay. First of all, let's talk about Monica and Brandy because I know I haven't talked to y'all since the Monica and Brandy verses, okay. I know I wasn't supposed to watch that, but I got caught up, okay. Cause cause my husband was watching it, and I and I happened to pass in the room while they was while it was on, and I was like, damn, I watched. Stayed and watched it for a little bit. Y'all was clowning Monica about that uh, 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 Fendi suit, but it was actually custom-made.
0: couldn't <laughs> find in the
1: store, okay? But, listen, I, I enjoyed it. You know, the little I saw, I'm glad they came together. I'm not into verses. I really ain't. I mean, I don't want to watch people there go back and forth. The only verses I want to see is Maxwell versus D'Angelo or Maxwell versus somebody. Who else could you put with Maxwell versus Giz? I heard some of y'all say Maxwell versus music soul child. Really? I mean, no offense to music soul child, but no. Um, D'Angelo, I'm trying to think of somebody else, Maxwell. Brian McKnight. Would Maxwell lose against Brian McKnight? Ooh. Ooh. Brian's got a lot of hits. but So does Maxwell. You know, I'm gonna say Maxwell's only right, but you know, hey, who knows? I mean, yeah, I that's the only verses I wanna see, okay? I wanna really see Maxwell versus D'Angelo because I really want y'all to un- and let me tell you why I wanna see Maxwell versus D'Angelo. Let me explain the only reason why I wanna see that. Is because I want people to see that they're very different. Because I think people often compare them and I feel like they're apples and oranges. I mean, I feel like 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 D'Angelo is like – trying to think how I can put this. D'Angelo is like David Ruffin, and Maxwell is like Marvin Gaye. I feel like it's Maxwell gives a more smooth presentation. Like, I like – not that D'Angelo don't give a – he's not smooth and everything, but it's more of a smoother – And, you know, D'Angelo's kind of a little bit grittier, you know, maybe because of the southern, you know, thing or whatever. But, yeah, you know, I just feel like it's just – I think that people need to see there's a distinct difference. I mean, you know, like they're not really the same. They just came out around the same time and have a couple of similarities. I'll tell you who would be interesting with Maxwell, okay, because Maxwell's often compared to him. I mean, he's often compared to Maxwell, and that will be Eric Benet. Now, okay, let me tell you why Eric Benet would be in- interesting. Cause y'all, y'all think y'all think y'all gonna get Eric Benet fucked up out in these streets, okay? Y'all gonna think Eric Maxwell run right through Eric Benet, right? You know, y'all think that, but Eric Benet actually got some joints, okay? I feel. Listen, Eric Benet. I keep telling people, Eric Benet has had, all his R and B albums have been solid. I it's not been a bad, or even the one that's saw, Holly Berry, Hurricane, was excellent. He's one of those dudes that is so underrated, okay, especially those first two albums.
0: <laughs> fire,
1: fire, okay. Now, y'all know I love him. Y'all know Maxwell's my favorite, and I love Maxwell, okay. Y'all know how I feel about Maxwell, okay. But listen, I, I, I'm i going to tell the truth on this. I, I'm honest in my shit. I'm honest on here. Okay. The verses with Maxwell versus Eric Benet might be a problem. The was ass won't be a problem, but but Eric Benet might give Maxwell some shit. I mean, for real, because you know Eric Benet just he got solid shit, and he got that solid B list shit that nobody hears but the hood hears. Like you know when the hood hears a good song, but it ain't popular, like maybe in mainstream, but to uh, the black folks in the hood, is popular. Eric Benet Eric Benet got a lot of those joints. Man, okay. Femininity, the femininity song what is it uh what is it the uh it's another one oh, it's one of my favorite songs by Air Renee, love of my own Woo! I mean listen air air can come with some fire. Okay, Eric might be interested. Eric might give Maxwell some shit. Okay, like Monica. Y'all wasn't expecting Monica to give Brandy some shit. And I wasn't expecting Monica to give Brandy some shit either because Brandy's catalog is vast and wide. Okay, because Brandy was Beyonce in the uh, the 90s. I mean, she, was, she wasn't she was Beyonce as far as performance wise, but she was Beyonce as far as the teen. She was the real popular it girl. She had Moesha. She was doing movies. She was making hit records and all that stuff. Brandy was, it's hard to believe, kids, but Brandy was really super, super, super big. And we know Brandy got the vocals, right? We know Brandy got that voice. But we know Monica got the vocals, too. Monica is dope. Monica can sing her ass off. But the catalog for Monica, you would have think, you would think that the catalog for Monica has nothing on Brandy's catalog, because again, Brandy's a different. Brandy was in a different category, even though she was often compared to Monica, because Monica was like hood, and it says to 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 to, to um how can I say this to lower Monica's career. Okay, this is not that because Monica's bad. I love Monica, but. Monica was kind of like the hood fade, like a hood fade, but Brandy was, like, popular, like, hugely popular across all, uh, uh, like, across, you know, she was a pop star as well as an R&B star, okay? Monica didn't have that many joints on the pop charts like Brandy, but Brandy was that girl, okay? So you would think that Brandy and Monica, that that would have been a... It would have been a problem. But Monica presented a problem because of the way she presented her song. And to me, Brandy's presentation wasn't as good. You know, I love me some Brandy, but her presentation. But Brandy was more, to me, uh, the more endearing person during the live, you know, during the verses. I liked watching her. She, you know, I can still feel that little tension there, you know, between them. But I actually enjoyed the little bit that I watched, okay? I will say... That, uh, that Bonica gave her a f- slight ass run because of the song she picked. And so when I go back to somebody like Eric Bonet being really good for, because I don't know if D'Angelo, if they can dig D'Angelo out of the hole, like, you know, D'Angelo be going in a deep hole. Maxwell tries to go in a deep hole, but he's a Gemini. He gotta pop back up. Is D'Angelo, what is D'Angelo? Is D'Angelo a Gemini? What is D'Angelo there? D'Angelo's ass last to be hiding. What is D'Angelo? I'm going to look D'Angelo up right now. i got to see what he is as far as his birth chart. What is D'Angelo? What is he? Oh, he's an aqu- Oh, he's an Aquarius. So his ass go real deep, 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 deep in the hole. You know, Aquarius is all quirky and thinkers and stuff like that. So his ass can go real deep. Gemini's will go deep, but then they can't stand it. They gotta pop their asses up. But you know, if they can dig D'Angelo out of the hole, D'Angelo will be interesting. But I actually do believe that Maxwell will will give D'Angelo, can. Even though DeAngelo got great songs and he's like a hood two thing, but. D'Angelo can't fuck with Maxwell. I don't think he can. I'm sorry. I like that. I like I Maybe I'm saying that because he's my fave. Maxwell's my fave, but he can't do it. But I will say that Eric Benet, Eric Benet can't fuck with Maxwell. He can't fuck with Maxwell. He can he can present his songs in such a way that he gives Maxwell some tro- trouble. You know, like it, it, it's it, he got. Cause, Eric Benet's got a lot of like that news for you. Uh, uh, sometimes I cry. Chocolate legs. Oh, he might give him some shit. Okay, I, I'm serious. On for people who like like me, it would be interesting because you think that would just you think that Maxwell would just have that, but mm, I don't know because Eric gives me solid. Eric has given me silence. Not that Maxwell hasn't given me silence. The albums that Maxwell has come out with, even though they've been long years apart, I mean, like a thousand years apart, you know, like, you know, we might not see another Maxwell album until 2030, but <laughs> but he he gives great albums. But this is the thing about Maxwell. The last one was kind of weird. I will say that I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. The second, the second tonight was kind of Lake by the Ocean and stuff like that. I love. My, I like. Was 1990 X on the last, the second one? I think it was 1990 X. <sighs> I'll say this: the second one was more of a, to me, seemed more daring, a little bit, slightly. It was daring. I wouldn't say it was bad. It was daring. I mean, people would say, I don't like the second one as much. I think Maxwell has those joints that you grow into. So i say the second one was like, you know, to, to R&B fans, may have been the second trilogy tonight, the second part of the trilogy may have been a little questionable to Maxwell fans because Ma- Maxwell fans are still, they love Urban Sweet. I mean, R&B people love Urban Sweet so much and And the lifetime album, the now album, so much I mean that in embryo people liked it took people to get used to embryo. So, like, that, that other one is sort of like embryo to me. It may have to grow on people, the second part of the trilogy. And plus, people wanted Maxwell to put out some fast joints, like, like you know, like Ascension. and said he didn't. He was still going ballady. He's still being very, like, ballads and stuff. So I think that, you know, that is a questionable one of his the albums he gives that is questionable. He's given two albums that people may say is questionable. I think they're very good. But most people would say R&B fans would say, are they real R&B fans? But Eric is giving solid R and B out of the records. They've been solid, and that, that's not to dismatch Maxwell and say that he 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 hasn't given solid albums. He's just more daring in his choices to go outside of that R and B ramp. But from a an R and B, if I'm going from a an R and B standpoint, fan standpoint, Eric Benet has given more solid R and B albums. Okay, As that. Don't get mad at me, y'all saying I got Maxwell's thing. He is, but I'm able to tell the truth up in this joint, okay? Now, but that doesn't mean I think the albums are Maxwell's albums are solid. I think all his albums are solid. I just think he's a little bit more daring and willing to go outside of the realms of R&B and be just not traditional all the time. Whereas artists like ben- Eric Benet stay, kind of stay in that range a little bit. And 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 if you're looking for that solid R&B, I think him and Eric would be a good one. Him and Eric would be great. I would probably rather see him and Eric. Now I'm thinking about it, I'd rather see him and Eric than him and D'Angelo, because I think D'Angelo would be easy for Maxwell. But anyway, now it brings me to tonight. Okay, that's my hope. That's the only time I'm going to be really interested in verses, okay? Now, tonight I know y'all had Gladys Knight up there with Patty LaBelle, Okay. And everybody was thinking Patty was going to win. Now, I don't know who won. I don't know who won. But I remember saying to my husband in the car, I was saying, because he was talking about, are you going to watch first? I was like, nah. And, and, and I was saying, you know, but let me tell you something. They bet, they bet, Don't get don't get Gladys messed up in these streets, okay? Because even, I mean, Patty LaBelle, legend, okay? Part of the love, what's it, LaBelle's and all that? Patty, legend. I love me some Patty LaBelle, okay? But y'all don't understand, okay? When we talk about Gladys Knight. That catalog, okay, the woman who discovered the Jackson. Okay? No, it wasn't Diana Ross, it was Gladys Knight. Listen here. Gladys Knight has some hits. Hits. And I saw people on Twitter saying, Y'all got Gladys Knight emped up. Like y'all thought Gladys Knight I saw some of the response from it and it seemed like last night was kicking ass. I don't know. But Pabby, you know they both great. But I'm just saying, Gladys Knight has like like great albums with the pips and solos. I mean, and Gladys had those hood hits, like when I was a kid, like them hood hits that that you knew in the hood, like hood hood would have B sides, okay? Hood like so like Landlord or uh, uh, your number one in my book and all that stuff, those was hoods on okay. Y'all don't know about Gladys Knight, okay? She Not only does she got a solid catalog, but she got a solid, solid lots of solid B-sides. So she, you know, she probably, y'all thought Patty might just run run away, but I'm pretty sure Patty didn't just run away, okay? Because Gladys ain't, Gladys been here around for part of the Motown era, okay? Gladys been here a long time. So has Patty, but Gladys is the, uh I heard it through the grapevine. Listen, y'all don't want to really know about it. Gladys Knight ain't nothing to play with. Gladys Knight got a catalog for your ass, okay, and a slanger. Okay, so I, you know, hey, my favorite, you know, my favorite memory, my favorite memory, I used to have, i tell this story, I've told this story here on the Carlisle Travel Show before. But I had a neighbor named Miss Fisher. She had a big family yeah. Family full of children, and we we I became very close to this family. I was the only child, and I used to go over there and hang out, you know, and stuff like that. And I liked all the old old people. I I didn't hardly really play with. The, I played with the kids sometimes, but most of the times I would hang around the older people. I would hang around the older teenage girls, and you know, as a little girl, because I was so I was so curious and listening. I wasn't fast. I was just curious and listening, and I would hang with Miss Fisher, and Miss Fisher used to listen to like I would hang with her and listen to Blues Hour. We we I do blues hour, Miss Fisher. On 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 Sundays we sit out and on the porch me and her and we listen we rocking her her thing and listen to Blues Hour. And then Miss Fisher one day in, introduced me to the song by Gladys Knight. And I love the hell out of that song. And I ain't got it today to play. But I love the hell out of that song and it has been one of my favorites by Gladys Knight called Landlord. Listen, here, that was my joint. You're the landlord and the keeper of all love. Listen, here, my little seven, six-year-old self, I was into it, okay? (laughs) Oh, my goodness, that was the jam, okay? I love me some Gladys Knight, okay? So I have affection in my heart for Gladys Knight, okay? I love Patty, but I have some affection for some Gladys Knight, all right? So... I'm not going to play Gladys Knight, y'all, right now. I'm a, but I am going to play her going to the break, one of my favorite songs by Gladys Knight, okay? But now that I said my thing on verses, they got to bring Maxwell versus somebody. But if you're going to do it, Eric Benet would be interested in D'Angelo, okay? Okay, so next, okay, let's talk about
2: power, too.
1: Oh, my God. Now, y'all, I know all y'all hate Tyreek, I know y'all do. I hated Tyreek. We we was talking about a little Tyreek's ass. We hated a little Ty- Tyreek, a.k.a. Michael Rainey Jr., on power. We was like, this little spoiled-ass friend, he needs his ass whooped Every week we was talking about Tyreek's ass. Every week we was mad at Tyreek's ass on power. In the end of pa- uh, Top Ty- power, Tyreek kills his father. For those of you who not, have not seen power yet, I'm sorry. I just spoiled it for you, Okay. But in the end of power, she did the end of the first power book first power chronicles Tyrit the story of ghost. The ghost ends up being shot by his own child, which is Tyreek, okay. Then we said all of us is mad. I don't, I ain't mad because I wanted Ghost to be dead from the first episode. I hated ghosts. Ghost. Y'all like Ghost, but I hated Ghost. I hate. I was calling for Ghost to be dead around the second or third episode of, of Power because I thought it was. I thought the storyline about Ghost was so dumb, even though it was an interesting story and 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 Courtney Kemp was writing her ass off later on in the years. But I still think the the Angela Valdez and stuff like that shit was real. Like I was like drug dealers. We really do that. I mean, I thought it was out there, okay? That's what I thought about Power One. But I love the cast of Power One. I love Omar Hardwick. I think he was great. I love uh, uh, the dude who plays Tommy. Um, Great cast. Tasha, just great cast, okay? Even though the script, I was like, eh, but we get to Power 2, where Tyreek takes the reins, and we got Mary J. Blige storing in it. We got Method Man. Listen here, I thought it wasn't going to be shit. I was like, listen, this ain't going to be shit. Let me go ahead and turn out. But let me tell you, Power 2 is better than power. I'm going to say it. I know y'all mad. Power 2 is a better than power. It just got better. Courtney Kim, it got better. This. This is really good. Michael Rainey Jr. should be so proud of his little ass, his self. That little boy is carrying the shit out of that show. He is smart. I, I love the way that. I can't say enough about Power Two. I love it. Make the storyline makes more sense. Here's a little boy going to. He's been given everything from his criminal father, including his father's criminal, men, his criminal but uh, devious and smart mentality. His son is carrying it on, but in a different light. His son is at prep school now, and prep in college at a prep, an Ivy League college, and his son is is playing the streets and Ivy League. It's, it's 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 so good. I mean, and it's such an. I can tell that Courtney Kemp wanted us to think with this script. It's a very intelligent script, by the way. I love how she's tackling little things like. Um, uh, uh, class because she's doing that With when she talks about when the white guy Who is uh, uh, Ty, uh, Tyreek's friend He he comes from a Family where their names are on the auditorium Of the college and everything So she's touching class and privilege In this and she's also uh, 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 Bringing in uh, uh a little bit of a sense of when well, she brings in this other gangster family, which is uh, I think Woody, the guy who played Bobby Brown, uh, he's plays he plays a guy in the, like a criminal part of this criminal uh, family, and he's very good already. And then you got Mary J. who's playing the head of this criminal family, and Tyreek is uh, kind of coaching their. Uh, their nephew, who is a basketball star, okay, at this Ivy League college. It touches it. This story is so rich because she's touching so many subjects on a different level. She's, she's brought the street to something, to uh, Ivy League, and I just think it's really good at how she's – I love how she's writing this this, this story so far. And uh, Method Man is in it. He plays the lawyer trying to get Tasha out of jail because everybody thinks Tasha killed goes. We all know Tasha didn't kill ghosts, okay So, uh, like, so Here's the thing, Method Man is awesome I was a little like, can Method Man be a lawyer? Like, can he be, Method Man is acting his ass off Method Man, now, it ain't a, Mary Mary is good at that role When she's playing, and I can't wait to see more Because Mary's role is coming out She's coming more and more out You see every episode, but Method Man, oh my God, he's great. He he's great so far. Two episodes in, he is great. Okay? Now I already see a storyline building up between Tyreek and that teacher. I feel like she's gonna be a Mary Kay Letourneau up in this joint. <laughs> All right, well hey, I love it. Power two Yes. Yes, Courtney. You are doing a hell of a job. I think it's far better if you if you have if you're mad at Tyreek and you're not watching Power Two because you pissed at Tyreek for killing ghosts, Tyreek has redeemed himself. You're going to love Power Two. It is such a really thoughtful script. I see Courtney just turning as a writer because now we're, we're we're getting deeper into the family of ghosts and. You know, last this week we see uh, Tyreek give the eulogy for his father's funeral, okay, which was deep, okay, and it's interesting what he says about his father being a complex man and stuff like that. Man, I was so impressed by this. There's some little things in the script I would change up, you know, some little shit I don't like, but listen, for the most part, oh, fabulous. Courtney, I, I, I was not expecting Power 2 to be good. I ain't going to lie. I was expecting it to be a bunch of shit. But Power 2 is awesome It is a great show And I think everybody If you guys have not seen it If you guys have not seen Power 2 Ghost Please check it out So far so good And the first episode was so full of drama The first episode Just the first episode The first two episodes Have been so full of drama Packed Packed with drama, and this new family, Mary J. Blige's family, they gangster. Now, here's the only thing I got a problem with, okay? Mary J. is asking people about who Tyreek is, like find everything out about this kid. But Tyreek's father, if you're a gangster from a gangster family, okay, a big time drug dealing family, then you, it seems like to me, Tyreek has been all over the news. His father's been all over the news. This is where I get, I feel the script, I don't like it. Her and Ghost, it was big in the underworld. Has one of the head people in the underworld. Why wouldn't Mary J. Blige know who Ghost is? That's the problem. I got a little bit of a problem about that because she doesn't know that's Ghost son. She didn't. She don't understand that. And as big as Ghost and Tommy were in the gangster world, and this is a gangster family. Why don't you have an understanding about who Tyreek is? Okay. So I—that's my only problem. But listen, the, they her family's ruthless. Like they crazy. Like they—they they cutting them up and killing them and shooting them and shit. Like fast. I mean they. But Tyreek can probably teach their ass something because Tyreek is super smart. I mean Tyreek let them know when they had a snitch. Tyreek is letting them know when they had a snitch in the house. Okay, Tyreek is a little. This 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 young man, Michael Rainey Jr. Is carrying that script in a way nobody thought he could, and I understood why Courtney had to do what she needed to do in power to make you hate him, because he needed to have that take that heat for where he was going. Because he is so far empowered too, he has been phenomenal, phenomenal. Okay, Michael Rainey Jr. Shout out to you! I am shocked about how the hell you're carrying that show. You are. You are a great actor. That little young kid is a great actor. He's doing the thing, and he's learned a lot from being around greats like uh, Omar and uh, uh, you know Tom, the dude who plays Tommy. He was carrying his own, and that's why y'all had to hate him because he was in the middle of heavyweights on Power. So now he's carrying power too on the second uh, in the second part, and he's doing a damn good job. I, I loved it. I, I'm, I'm impressed. I can't y'all tell? <laughs> I am impressed with power too. Okay. Oh Lord, now y'all, oh, we don't have it's a word this week because it's late Sunday, Sunday night. What's it's a word gonna be? Child, I learned some things when I was at home. Child, I learned some things about life.
2: <laughs>
1: I don't even know if I'm going if it's a it's a word this week. I really don't know if I can give y'all a It's the word I'm just going to talk to y'all about some stuff I learned Because that's what I always do when I give y'all a It's the word It's about me talking about some stuff I learned I'm going to give y'all the first lesson, okay? While well, I was at home, okay? talked about it on the show before, about being nice versus being kind, and how that you ought to work on being kind, but not nice. Nice is not a good thing. And what I mean by nice is overly accommodating for something and losing yourself to people you know like where you 're just no no you 're nice about everything, you never say no, you don't have any boundaries you don't set uh set up things for yourself, you will let everybody slide, and everybody uh, 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 uh everybody uh, push their way to the top and run over you, and you be like, "That's okay, that's fine, I don't mind. I'm just, you know, I'm just nice. I'm just letting. Oh, you go first when you know you 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 need to be first, and all and certain things at certain times and stuff like that. It's nothing wrong with being kind and understanding timing and the time to help people and when not to help people. But when you are getting when when you are crushing yourself in in the weight of letting others. Um, Step on you Where you haven't set boundaries Where you can't say no and stuff That becomes a problem And I question motives at that time too When you're too nice So let me talk about this this week okay? This week I learned a lesson from a from a person From a situation I heard And I'm going to tell you People who are listening to the show And the people who are listening to this show They might know the, know the situation But y'all don't So I'm going to say it This week I heard this story about a young girl, okay, who is not getting along with her uh, parents, okay. And this young lady, this young lady has been, you know, well, she's not getting along with one of her parents. The parents, as the parents are no longer married, one of the parents is, you know, and her, she's living with one of the parents, and so she's not getting along with this parent. And this young lady, in the last couple, several months or so, you know. She's been able to i mean she she's, she's been able to build up some pretty thing, and I, pretty big things, and I said to myself that you know, she's a young girl okay a teenager okay so I, 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 I this she taught me a lesson this week about the value of being nice versus kind, okay uh this young lady this week uh she ends up getting into it with one of her parents, okay, and she ends up getting put out the house. Okay. <laughs> right, and so in this time, okay, uh, you know, every all these everybody's worried about this young lady, everything, and so this young lady says, "You know what? I'm fine." and everybody's worried about her getting put out there. She says, "I'm fine. I've got plenty of people that I can go and stay with." But what they don't understand, here's what happens. The parent that puts her out doesn't understand that this young lady is in a great position. That she has not been getting along with this particular parent, and she and she's already set up a place for her to live. Not a bad, she's not, and she ends up in a very luxurious situation, probably, <laughs> with another family. Now here's the funny part of this story. You guys think, Carl, what does this have to do with night nice versus good? Okay, because this young lady asked her asked I reached, I, there, she she asked her she she asked her her parent one of her parents for a brand new car. Now she's un, she's she's a teenager, a brand new car. Most of us would be like, hell no, you ain't getting no brand new car. What the hell you think this is? And they they not rich. Her parents not rich. The other, uh, one of her other siblings is in college, older than her. And it's like, I know, I don't need another car. I just, you know, I don't need a car. I can ride my bike because she's being nice. i ride my bike around the campus. I don't need a car. But this, this young girl is saying, I need a car. I want it. I want a car. And that's that. She gets a brand new car. Now y'all saying, oh, that's that's bullshit. Once you get in the car, she the other college kid don't get a car because the college kid said they don't want a car. Okay, being play, playing too nice. Now I'm coming to something. I'm coming to a story here. Now what ends up happening is this one that's been giving hell to one parent has a brand new car, <laughs> right? She has a brand new court Now she's gotten put out of her situation Her home And now she's emancipated herself And in a better situation Now you say Why you tell this story Because this week I learned a lesson Okay Sometimes You gotta ask for what you want Now y'all saying Now how can you learn that from a spoiled ass Somebody who looks, sounds like a spoiled ass brat Oh you think they're a spoiled ass brat But I think I see potential I see leadership. I know it's bad, but I see somebody who goes after what they want. Now you said, now I'm not telling y'all young people out there to talk back to your your parents. I'm not telling you to ask your parents for a brand new car. No, but I am saying, getting what getting it's important to get to what you want and move past being nice. Okay, I mean. If you need it, ask for it. You just might get it. Now, the other kid who's been playing the good kid, the good sibling, going to school, going to college, does not have that. (laughs) They don't have the new car. (laughs) Because they didn't ask for it. They didn't want it. But the kid who is out here, being gangster about life, has it? <sighs> Let me get to my point. Because I want to get, I'm getting to a point with all of this, okay? Play the odds in life. You might win. I saw this kid this week play the odds. Any kid, this kid gets literally put out by one parent, goes to live in another situation that is nobody expected her to, and it's good. It's probably better than where she was at. <laughs> and she's driving it with her new car. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen, I'm not saying it's right, but what I'm trying to tell y'all out here is this. Some of y'all play two nights every day. Some of y'all say, and I'm not telling you to be bad. I'm not telling you to push, push uh, uh, to be uh, not good or not and be rewarded for bad behavior. But we can learn from the people who are rewarded for some bad behavior. I, that's why I tell people you can learn from the Kardashians. You can learn from the NeNe leaks of the world. You can learn from people who are being rewarded. Some of y'all are way too nice, some of y'all will, will put everybody's needs in front of you and say, oh, I don't need that. I don't need it. And then you wonder, then you, you look around and everybody's succeeding and you're in the back and you're going, well, damn, why haven't I got that? Why haven't I got that? And then sometimes it's because you're being too nice and you're not, being, you're not uh, uh, understanding what it means to have boundaries. You're not what, understanding what it means to take risks you're not understanding uh that sometimes that you listen that that getting what you want means uh uh, uh 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 sometimes you have to be strategic about it you know i told the other sibling i said have you learned a valuable lesson from this this these kids i'm talking about these two kids in this house and i said have you learned a valuable lesson the lesson is to ask for what you want. The parent that bought the car was going to give a car anyway. They were going to give a car anyway. But because the good kid, you know, I want she wanted to look responsible. She wanted to look so good. No, I, you know, I don't want to do that. You don't have to pay that for me. You don't have to do that. I don't. No, no. And the kid that, you know, said, I'll take it. <laughs> the kid who had already been asking for it, okay, and, and has not had exactly the best behavior, but I saw such potential. Not that I don't see potential in both, but I saw potential in that kid because that kid was able to assert herself to say what she. Now that's a good thing. Now there are things there's, are there are things that can be toned up about being respectful, about caring for others and stuff like that. Yes, okay, but. In that in in that point of asking for what she wanted, in that point of of, of that th- that she, when things weren't going well for her in her home with this particular parent, she gets put out and she finds strategically another place. Was not even worried, <laughs> and it is a big event. Okay. Why am I telling you this? Because sometimes the bad pe- the people who we think are the bad boys and bad girls are really boundary pushers, and you can learn something from them. Okay. I'm not saying that's good. It's good to be bad. I'm not saying that, but you can learn from people who push boundaries. Even when they're not doing it so good that and and you they end up with getting things what they want, getting things that they need, and sometimes a person who's being too nice in the room who's sitting back and saying, "You know i don't that's not something I need, oh no, and you know you need it, and you know you could benefit from it. you will end up in a losing situation. By trying to appear a certain way for people and try to appear a responsible one, sometimes you got to advocate for yourself, and that's what I saw in this story. I saw one sibling who was who's who's always responsible, always good, but failed to advocate for themselves, failed to be a leader. But the sibling who's always you know pushing boundaries, getting uh, asking for what they want, seeming like they're selfish asking for this and that, ends up winning on all fronts when they've tossed her a losing ball. But she ends up taking the ball and says, I'm going to win with it. Not only am I going to drive off from you in my new car, I'm going to drive to another <laughs> position that is better. And that's the per- the bad what you would say, consider the bad kid. So we always wonder, why do the bad sometimes outweigh the good? Sometimes it's just the way of the world, okay? It doesn't mean that people who do wrong won't pay. But what I'm saying to you is that I saw potential. This week I, I remember listening to the story and talking to these particular siblings, and I said to myself, let me sit back and observe and learn I called this kid the master, the kid that played, the the, the kid that ended up with the car in a better place. I was like, this she's, she's the master. <laughs> she, has, she has she's actually got leadership skills. She got a lot of balls. <laughs> what the hell! <laughs> right. The audacity of it all where well, the good kid was back and going. Oh, I just didn't mean that, and they and sometimes you can play that hand too being too nice, you can play it, play it the wrong way. And I guess what I'm trying to say to you guys today, and I hope you guys can take this situation and understand from what I'm saying, it's kind of a confusing situation, but I hope you guys can understand that you can learn from those people in your life that seem to get everything they want. They seem to move a certain way, and you be like, damn, they irresponsible and bad, and they don't give a shit about nobody, and this and that, and they always succeeding. Yes, that is wrong, okay? And sometimes people will pay for it. But then you have to look at yourself and you say, well, why am I not succeeding? Why am I always feeling? Because maybe you're too nice. Maybe you don't have boundaries. Maybe you let everybody run over you. Maybe you let everybody do anything to you that they want to, and you do it all in the name of being nice. But you're not being nice. You're really just self-conscious and overly care what people think about you. What you can learn from the bad, sometimes the bad boys and the bad girls in your life, what you can learn from them is to have self-care. Not to be, I know they're selfish, but you, they still have self-care. And a lot of them have boundaries. <laughs> I'm not, you kick me out, I'm going somewhere. Okay, thank you, bye. <laughs> like, they, that's how bad, you know how you can date, listen, girls, We know this about dating bad boys, okay? Bad boys, right? Women, people always say, why are women attracted to bad guys, okay? And for you good guys listening, I'm not telling you to be bad boys. Bad boys play in the long run, okay? They have overplay their hand. I'm not saying overplay your hand, but I'm saying you can learn from a sense of balance from bad boys. Why do women like bad boys? Because they're gutsy. They take risks. You tell them today, okay, I'm tired of you. You get out. I'm tired of you out here with these other girls. I'm tired of you this and that. What would a bad boy do? All right, I'm out. And you sitting there like, what? You out? Because he got options. <laughs> right? Right? I know what I'm talking about because he got options, right? And so what? Women are attracted to that shit because women are like, damn, did he just walk out on my ass? I told him go. He like, all right, I'm gone. Right? Because you can learn something from the bad guy. Good guys can learn something from the bad guy. How to be more risky, how to have more confidence in yourself. That don't mean you got to play a bunch of women. That's not good. But I'm saying you can learn how to have confidence and swag within your own self. Because these people who have, sometimes who have, and I'm not saying that about the other sibling, okay? The other sibling to me, I saw complete potential in the other sibling. I saw leadership skills, Power, you know, in the bad sibling, what look like she was. Well, she's not the bad sibling, but what she looks like, she's the bad sibling, okay. And it's the same thing in bad guys, bad boys, and bad girls. They t- they have the potential to be very good, they because they they can balance their emotions. They just need to uh, balance their kitty cats and their penises, okay. But they they do they they don't let anybody bring them down, okay. And usually, what brings a bad boy down is somebody who doesn't who doesn't who doesn't have a care like them <laughs> right so listen that's what i'm saying there when you set boundaries for yourself when you set uh uh when you understand who you are as a person and you say no, that's not something I'll take. You don't have to be mean about it, you don't have to be disrespectful about it, but you can learn from people who do uh look like they're always winning yet they're doing something crazy. But sometimes what you'll find in the uh, in people who are out there doing the most, and they, a lot of times you'll find good traits, like they're risky,
2: uh,
1: they're smart, they have boundaries, even if they're using it in the wrong way, okay, you can still learn from them and where you think you're being so, so nice and, oh, I'm so, yes, i no, I won't do that, oh, oh, oh. But you can learn to have boundaries for you, for yourself by having confidence in yourself, having confidence in the way you come across as a person, a man or a woman, setting boundaries and setting uh, things for yourself that says, you know what, yeah, I'm better than that, I'm sorry, yeah, you know what, like what if the other sibling has said, uh, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, you're getting a new car anyway? Well, if you're getting anybody a new car, okay, wait a minute. Since you're going to be doing that, I was more concerned about you paying for my car. But if you're going to get a new car anyway, well, I'm going to speak up for myself. I need that car because I'm I'm the oldest. I'm in school. I'm doing right. I got my grades up. I'm not talking back. I want that car. (laughs) Right? She probably would have gotten it. But because she held back and saying, "Yeah, just I end up now just the I don't I don't want you to have to pay for that. I don't want you to." Have, the other one was like, "I'll take it." <laughs> okay, so that's what I'm saying. So that's why I'm talking about advocating for yourself. I hope you guys get what I'm saying. And even you know, in terms of how people sometimes end up bouncing back on their feet. Like I have relatives sometimes that I don't understand. Like, I got relatives in my family that I'd be like, damn, how the hell? This house was always in trouble. I got one relative. She always in trouble. She always doing some wild shit. I'd be like, what in the hell? Like, you expect her to go down. You'd be like, this is helpful. She done did something else. And she always bounced back. Always. Always. She's a manifester, okay, but it's she always ends up in a lot of shit before she manifests herself out, but she can manifest herself out of the deepest shit you have ever seen in your life, like the like one minute she can be evicted, and the next minute and, and the next ten minutes she just got evicted, and the next ten minutes she's living in a condo uh that's worth almost uh, maybe uh three or four hundred thousand dollars or something like that, okay, that's the kind of manifesting shit they do I mean she <laughs> right, and you're like, how the hell are you getting it? What the hell? Because let me tell you why. And just I, and I, because people like this sometimes don't have, they don't have that fear factor that others do, and we can learn from that. I remember I having a conversation with a friend, and she was telling me about another friend, and she was saying how this one friend she has can go to just like do know She was quit her job, was out here living, Lord. She went to, she didn't have no money. Okay, went to Jamaica, hardly had no money. <laughs> And she's like, I don't know how she do it. I said, That's how she does it. No fear. Right? So we can learn from these people. I'm not telling you to be irresponsible, but I'm telling you to learn from the irresponsible. To take that that there there are some people that are can be so irresponsible to a point they just don't have the fear factors that everybody else does. And they can end up spiraling down, they're not afraid of the spiral. Okay? They they'll know they're going down, but they always know they're coming up, right? So you being a responsible person tonight, you might be listening to the sound of my voice, and you might be saying, I don't understand how I keep losing. I'm responsible. I'm nice. I'm nice to everyone. I'm this and that. And I see these people over here, and they're not doing as well as me, and, and and they're not as responsible as me, and they're winning, okay? well. You can take some – that doesn't mean you've got to be like them in the bad part, but you can take some things out of what you learn from – what you can take is look at yourself. Do you set boundaries for yourself? Do you believe in yourself? Do you – do you like, if you want to start a business, do you fear it? These type of people, they'll start a business, like, on an impulse because, like, those people like that will start a business on an impulse because they're not scared of the spiral they know they can manifest themselves out of it, right? I know that's crazy, okay? I'm not telling you to do crazy things, but I'm telling you to put that kind of energy in things that are right for you. And with your responsibility, with you being responsible, with you being kind, you will even go to greater heights. But sometimes you have to set boundaries for yourself. You have to not be a doormat for everyone, okay? Okay, so that is my... that's the if it's a good it's a word but somebody I bet needs to hear that and somebody I bet gets it, okay? Somebody I hope y'all out there get it. I hope y'all get get it this week. That's my it's a word for the week. And it really is that's it. Okay? And I got a second part to it too. My second part is that something I learned this week. Two things I learned this week. I learned about being nice being overly nice, you need to set boundaries and stuff like that. But I also learned about Sometimes that you can be doing so much for people, and they really don't want you to do it. Like you might be taking on too much. There are some of you out there who have taken on too many projects, too many things, in the name of being nice, in the name of helping people and everything, and what you'll find out in the end is a lot of people don't appreciate it. They're like, I didn't ask you to do that. And you're like, huh? <laughs> right? Because you're trying to be helpful. So sometimes, you know, look at in your life about what you're doing. Sometimes you're stretching the, bomb, the the stretching yourself far too thin for people who really for things or people who really aren't interested in you helping them. Okay? So I hope I get that's why it's a word for today. The There's two parts. It's a word is sometimes be kind but not nice. And that you can learn from the bad people in life, what you consider what people consider bad, irresponsible and stuff like that. You, there are little things you can learn from them, especially when they keep bouncing on the upward swing. I hope y'all got what I'm saying. I'm not telling y'all to be out there irresponsible or bad or anything like that. I'm saying what you can learn from people who, who are impulsive and crazy and sometimes it looks like their life is nothing. you like, they always bouncing back. But then you might be a kind person doing the right thing and find yourself always in a downward spiral. But that may be because you really are not as nice as you think. You're only doing things for people because you want it's what people think of you. You're only doing things for people because you have no boundaries. You're only doing things for people because uh, you, you haven't set uh, uh, a goal for yourself and stuff like that where, you know, so in some senses you need to recalibrate how you uh how you interact day to day with those around you and your kindness levels and your risk levels and things like that. I hope I make sense, okay? So that is my it's a word for the night, okay? I hope y'all got it.
2: <laughs> and I
1: thought it was funny to share with you guys, okay? All right, and uh um and here's another thing, you know, uh, like I said, with the with the other things, don't don't fight for other people more than they fight for themselves, okay? Don't fight for other people more than they fight for themselves. you got to be in a fight with people. If people are there, if you're fighting for others to help people and they're not helping themselves, sometimes you can't help nobody that can't help themselves, child, unless they're disabled or something like that. I'm just saying, but people who well-bodied and stuff like that, if they can't help themselves, you, you can't add no more to it, Okay so uh that is my it's a word, okay Just learning to uh to rethink about might being what nice is what kindness is, and learning to use that in a way uh that moves you in the right way okay that moves you towards the things you, you uh, towards great things uh rewards in the right way something else I wanted to say to that too. And I forgot, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> y'all know how it's when I do these late shows, right? Y'all know I be getting crazy, okay? Y'all know I be getting a little wild, okay? But I wanted you guys to uh, really uh, just look at around you. Oh, yeah, this is what I wanted to say. For women out there who are even dating bad boys, okay, or men who are dating bad girls, okay, um, have some confidence in yourself. I mean, really, stop thinking of the bad boy as the prize. And stop thinking of, you know, uh, uh, start thinking about all the great things that you bought into the relationship or you bring to somebody. And when you start realizing that and somebody mistreating you or are not treating you in the way that you want to be treated or something like that, when you start realizing you're the prize, you make yourself more attractive, first of all. First of the bad guy I'd turn around and start chasing you. But then also, you if he doesn't, well then who cares? Do you, do you really want somebody that you got to chase forever? Seriously, I mean, like, do you really want like to be married to a man and still chasing him? Like still like kind of like dang like me like me, or, or a woman. You know, I mean, you know, yeah, men. I believe men are supposed to chase their wives a little bit. You know, I believe men are supposed to, men are always on the chase, and women should always make their husbands, because men have a little, men like prey, okay? So, yeah, men probably will chase their wives all the time <laughs> in some ways. You know what I'm saying? But for uh, but for for women, when you put yourself in a position where you're, and men, you, you, men for men, it's disrespect. When you allow a woman to keep disrespecting you I think men have That's a that's a problem, okay So you should care about yourself enough Where you're not being disrespected And for women the same thing Disrespect and also chasing someone Who doesn't really care Sometimes you just need to let them go Okay, you don't care Okay, I don't care Because you know what, I'm the shit You think you the shit, I think I'm the shit too Okay, so we both or Maybe we both out of here You got options, well, hell, I got options too, okay? So that's how you got to do in this thing, okay? So that's that's it on It's Word, okay? That's it today, and I hope y'all got it. I hope y'all understand it. Now, when I get back, we got to talk about the news industry because we got a lot to discuss, and I'm going to try to get it all in or else I'm going to have to have another show, okay? Uh, let's talk about the shot got renewed for a fourth season after Lena Waithe. What's up the third, okay? <laughs> uh, the pandemic is sending y'all asses back home, you adults back home, okay? Because it it's a lot of uh, people are losing money in these streets, in these coronavirus streets. We're going to talk about the Kardashians. Lord God, is good. I just want to do it. Won't he do it? That's what I'm about to say. You got to talk about the Kardashians because when I read this news, I was like, will he do it? Look at God. Look at God. Prayer changes things. <laughs> the Kardashians will be it for a while after this season. And I'll talk about Tamar out here. Tamar Braxton. Y'all ain't going to like what I got to say. Y'all ain't going to like this. Hey, Maury, if if you're listening, you might want to turn off, okay? No, you don't want to turn off. You want to hear this. You want to hear this, okay? And we're going to talk about Mulan. Mulan did the thing for Disney. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, Beehive is ready. Beehive, you ready for me to go in? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you sure? Come close. Come close. You don't want to miss it. You do not want to miss it, okay? You don't be high. You don't. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk about this and more when I get back on the Carlotta Chapwood page. I mean, the Carlotta Chapwood show. <laughs> y'all, y'all crazy, the Carlotta Chapwood show. Meanwhile, you know what? We got to just, it was, y'all had Gladys Knight tonight on Versus. We got to start off with some Gladys, okay? This is one of my favorite Gladys Knight songs, Gladys Knight and the Pip songs. Ooh, this is my jam, okay? I didn't know what I was singing, like, saw, like when the sun came out, how old was I? Maybe I was, I don't remember how old I was. Maybe I was older. I might have been a sophomore, so I may have known what I was singing. Maybe I was a. I don't know if it was in the 80s, in the late 80s, or mid-80s. If it was in the mid-80s, I probably know what I was singing. I think it was in the late 80s this sun came out, though. I think so. This is my jam by Gladys Knight and the Pips. I love it. One of my favorite songs, Saves the Overtime. For me, it's the Colorado with Show, y'all, and I'll be back in a moment, okay? Okay, I try to be smooth with it. It didn't work.
2: <laughs> All right, this
1: is Gladys Knight and the Pips, save the Overtime. All right, it's the CC Show.
0: these nights are the coldest will you ever let her go i don't know will I ever be first i hope but i ain't just sitting around can't wait for someone to sing my word damn i can't come
1: That one was for aegis L. <laughs> remember when K. Michelle I love using K. Michelle But y'all remember when K. Michelle was going to the radio station Talking about that album <laughs> That was funny Kay was really heartbroken out in these streets She made a whole ass album <laughs> Oh baby I said, call I love that song though K. Michelle made the gem off of that one Okay all right, okay, we are back on the Carolina Channel show. Okay, I just heard Dion Ward showed up at the verses with with Payla Bell and um was Payla Bell and uh, first, pa- hold on Payla Bell and are we getting this off? Hold on, Payla Bell and who else was it? Payla Bell and, and what Gladys Knight? <laughs> Y'all know I'm half asleep out here. Okay, so Payla Bell and Gladys Knight, uh, Dion Ward showed up. And people are saying it's good. Y'all giving the crown, like I said, I thought so, to Gladys Knight. I, I'm hearing y'all giving the crown to Gladys Knight. I see on Twitter everybody talking about Gladys Knight because people underestimate Gladys. I told y'all Gladys, Gladys got a catalog. I told y'all. That's why I say with the verses, the thing about this thing, about verses, even though I don't want, I don't know, I told y'all I'm only going to watch it for a maximum or something, but you, the people who you think are going to win, it really depends on presentation. I mean, how you present Those hits, like Babyface would, Babyface was mismatched, though. I feel like I need another versus with Babyface and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Because Babyface and L.A., that's their counterparts, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. You know, Teddy Riley is a great producer and everything, but you can't fuck with Babyface, okay? I was listening to some Babyface stuff the other day that Babyface did. I was like, damn, Babyface did a lot, him in L.A. So I I need them to go against like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. By the way, <laughs> there was this, I listened to Jimmy Jam's show anyway on uh, series XM. I've been listening to it for a minute, but you t, he, he did a really good interview with Maxwell. For you Maxwell fans like me, he did a really good one with Maxwell. I think last was it last week or something. You probably have to listen to it on demand now. But it was really good. I was. It was a very musical conversation. And so I like conversations like that. And uh, it was really good. It was like they were just having a conversation in my. I couldn't really think of it as an interview. It was a really great uh, conversation about Jimmy Jan was giving uh, Maxwell, talking to Maxwell about how they, you know, they were going back and forth about how they wrote songs, some of their favorite music, you know, stuff like that. It was really an interesting conversation. So you guys should check that out on Series XM, okay? It was really good. But. Anyway, but that's why I said I won't watch another Versus, I mean, unless it's Maxwell on somebody. And I'm not so sure, like, you know, you it would be strange, like I said, that Eric Benet probably could give Maxwell a run for his money, depending on how you present it. Really, it's really how you pre- present it. Brian McKnight, too. You know, Brian McKnight. <sighs> I don't know. You know what would be good, too? Shire- no, nah, Sherelle, now Charelle and Pebbles would be good Pebbles didn't have that many songs though But Sherelle but and Pebbles would be good just for nostalgia Sherelle and Pebbles Can I give y'all some ideas, you know, for Sherelle and Pebbles Um, I'd like to see a rock one Like a, a rock one Like Huey Lewis in the News versus Damn, who can Huey Lewis in the News go against? Mm, that's hard I don't know. Damn, I don't. I can't think of anybody. Or maybe uh, let's see, the white bands. Uh, maybe like Van Halen against uh, Guns and Roses. That's hard. Or or uh, Poison against. Because I used to love heavy metal, so like you can do a lot of those eighties. I mean, those verses. But they probably want to stick to R and B, but. I feel like you can do a lot of good rock, rock ones or soft rock ones, you know, or um. Mm-hmm. I have to think it through, like different people that you can do in rock, because you know, come outside of that. I love soft rock. I love the '80s rock and roll. I really do. '80s rock was a shit. I don't care what nobody say. Y'all can say '80s was a great time, a great era for rock and roll. Like it was really good. Rock was really good back in those days, you know. It's the CC Show, if you're just now tuning in. I'm Carlotta. I'm doing a late night show tonight. Y'all know how I be doing. I just be rambling on, child. I just be rambling, okay? All right, let's talk about Tamar Braxton out in these streets. Now, wasn't a few weeks ago Tamar talking about David saved her life? If it wasn't for David, I would not be here, and all this stuff. It was a few weeks ago. Don't do that. I know I was reading this a few weeks ago that that Taymor was talking about David saving her life. Now we got problems with David out in these streets. <sighs> Apparently, David Adifesto has put put a. a, a what does he got on her? A restraining order or something on like that? Let's see what it's on here. Let's see if we gotta put this up here. Oh goodness. I'm gonna pull this up, you guys. I think it's going a little slow here. Pull this article about Tamar up in out in these streets acting up. But she Tamar, but but it's but David uh He says, let's see here. This is from page six. Tamar Braxton's ex-David Adephisto, is that how you say his name? Speaks out, claims she attacked him while he was driving. Okay, and this is from peoplemagazine.com. It says David Adafeso is publicly addressing his relationship with Tamar Braxton after news broke on Wednesday that he had filed for a restraining order against the singer and reality star. Adafeso spoke out in a lengthy video posted on his YouTube channel. In the video, the businessman detailed an alleged physical altercation between himself and Braxton 43 that prompted him to contact police. Uh, Adafeso, Festo also addressed the situation in a statement provided to people. The fact that my personal life is playing out in this very public manner is both foreign and discomforting to me, okay? Uh, He he said, however, the last few days and false accusations of Tamar Braxton have left me with no alternative except Step to respond in a court of law with a public statement. After a two-year relationship with Tamar, I want her to have a mental and emotional stability. This is essential for her own well-being, okay, Uh, self-fulfillment and direction in life. It's also the basis of every loving, supporting, trusting relationship, or more simply put, a healthy relationship. But it takes commitment of both partners to achieve this goal. When Tamar and I were together, I worked very hard and spent a great deal of time and money to help her grow. I still care about her deeply and hope she can get there, but it must be without me. Words and deeds matter, and Tamar's have have not only been unacceptable and also damaging to herself and those around her, particularly me and my reputation. My court filing, which is a public document, document, goes into great detail about the situation that unfolded between us. It states the most salient issues, namely that I was the victim of this situation, has a document in the filing, I am actually the victim of domestic abuse. One in seven men experience severe physical violence, yet it remains a silent epidemic. As humiliating as this is, I must speak out for my own truth and others who do not have a problem. Okay? And although not part of the filing, I must affirm here and now that I have never physically abused Tamar during before, during or after our relationship, period. At a at a concluded, I want to resolve legal issues and move on with my life to focus on my business, my family, and the future. Okay, that's all I'm reading of that mess. Okay, <sighs>
0: Jesus.
1: Now also, uh, let's see. This week they say too. let me see here. I think on what's it? Uh, it's Vincent is also out, out here pink. Captain Sava, listen here, let me read that with Vince. Vince is Tamar's ex-husband, okay? Now, remember Vince, remember when Tamar's uh, family was, I mean, when our family, well, I think Mother was accusing Vince of a, of alleged abuse against uh, Tamar, okay? Uh, now, Vince is saying. they're saying, this is according to Com. it said Vince and Herbert recently ripped into Tamar's ex David Adafesto, a Mr. Businessman's messy breakup with the Sontras, has frequently reported David made headlines when it was revealed that he's seeking a restraining order against Tamar, citing a domestic violence situation. Okay, uh, Tamar's camp has been adamant that Tamar, not David, was the victim in an alleged incident where he allegedly assaulted her and threatened to kill her in a murder-suicide, but David went live on Instagram with allegations that the Braxton family's Value soldiers assaulted him in a car and caused $30,000 worth of damage, okay? And um, let's see here. Now in the latest update, TMZ reports that David's alleging that Tamar threatened to kill him, attacked him, and physically damaged his vehicle by smashing the vehicle's camera, nearby mirror, and various items inside of it, okay? He also claimed that Tamar's ex-husband Vincent Herbert wanted him dead. And Doc, he says, Tamar told him her ex-husband wanted to send goons to kill him six months ago, but she stopped it. He claims she's now threatening to let those goons loose. David also presented text messages to the court of a conversation between him and allegedly alleged goon-threatener Vince, where Vince nice-nastily evasperated him and stood up for Tamar. I am packing the rest of Tamar's things and should have them ready by Thursday evening. Reads a text from David, shared by uh, Lay Layla Lynn TV. Can you let me know where to ship them? And Vince told him that he wouldn't give him an address after allegedly hearing an auto of David, audio of David threatening to kill his ex-wife. And this is what they, uh, he says: It's not safe to say where she's moved on from. a it's not. It's. It is now safe to say she's moved on from this vile and abusive relationship. And hearing the tape from the other day, I don't blame her. He read, reads a text from Vince. We are not friends, and we will never be. After hearing how you treated Taymor on Sunday, my conversation with you yesterday was respectful and honest. And you never mentioned what you said to her, how you threatened her, and then called the police on her as if it wasn't you on the tape. And I heard threatening. That I heard threatening to kill Logan's mother. After I make sure Tamar and Logan's belongings are cleared out of your home, there is no need to contact. There is no need to contact you, nor for you uh, to never contact Logan. The messages read, "I trust that you will have her watch that's in your car, various boxes, in Logan's room." Like, okay, listen here. Oh Lord Jesus! Can I just say, domestic violence is never good. Okay, on either side, men woman, okay, okay, David Adafesso, I believe you crazy as hell too, because you, messing with Tamar this long, you can't be all right in the head either, okay, that's all I got to say on that note, now, Tamar Braxton, it's up to, I got to come for you, because I can't, I'm tired, you know, I tried to be uh, kind about Tamar during the, the episode that Tamar was having, you know, about the alleged killing and that she was gonna kill herself and all that, you know. Nobody wants to see that. Tamar is talented, she's bright, she's a beautiful girl. Uh nobody wants to see uh you know, some you know, Tamar lose her life. Okay. That's something, you know, and I that 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 that, that you don't want to see.
2: But however
1: and I'm gonna get on the brass stuff too, and I've done this before. I've been watching the the Braxton Family Values for a few years now, several years now. Tamar, the Braxton Family Values for you has been most revealing. Even if they've been editing out stuff, even if they've been not making you out what they seem to be, you were always in the middle with your sisters, with your husband, it was constant, it was all the time. Even with, when a Yanla tried to fix your damn life, a yamla had to, 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 to walk out on your ass. A yamla was about to put your ass out. Tamar, you are constantly,
2: constantly,
1: constantly... Messed up in these streets. It's constant. It's constant. It's like a stream. And even today, I heard, you know, Core Jakes, who's been on the show before years ago, went to the show. I like Core Jakes. Okay? But however, Corey Jakes was even trying to take up for, for Tamar Day. I'm like, no, 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 nobody needs to take up for Tamar. I read something about Corey Jakes taking up for her. No! Somebody needs to t- tell Tamar, sit your ass down. And for one time, listen. You—it was too soon to be running. For, it was too—you just broke up with Vince, and then you run it to David at a festival, and then you talk about how great he is, David, 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 if David, 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 David. And David, I mean, and now you're saying David is bad. David's beating me. David's David, allegedly. David's doing this. I don't know. I more. I don't. All I know is you are the constant link. Every time, every show, everything. Somebody at some point got to tell Tamar. The Braxton family, the Braxton sisters, sometimes at some point, one of y'all need to tell it. Because if you love love your family member, sometimes you got to say, maybe you need to be checked out for some mental health issues. One of them comes to mind is narcissism is a real mental health issue. No, serious. Even though all of us have a little bit of narcissism in us. But narcissism is a real mental health issue, okay? That is not for serious. And I, I, sometimes I have question whether Tamar is a true narciss- narcissist, and something triggered that in her as a young person because of the way she's treated her family on there. I didn't know if it was an act, but now I'm starting to think, maybe this shit ain't no act. Maybe this girl really needs some help, some true mental health. She's treated her sisters bad. She turned Vince. Did seemed like a lot of trouble. I mean, she always looks like the winner. And I know they're not making you look like this, Taymor. No, don't say that's how they make me look. Da, 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 da. No, I believe that's how you are. You're the baby of the family, and they've been acting, making, letting you act. You know what I think would happen. You know what I really think would happen. I've said this on the show before. I think when Tamar was little, Tamar, you know when you got the baby of the family, she run around and she bossing everybody. Y'all don't do what y'all don't tell me what to do and all that stuff. Let's just say I'm just giving an example, okay? And the family laughs. Oh, the baby, she's so cute. (laughs) Look at her, she's so bossy. She's so this, and they never corrected that shit. And now she's grown and still. Seven in her head Running around the baby Grabbing attention Running around Acting like a seven year old An eternal seven year old Because they never corrected that shit With Taymor She never got She never got the the, the correction she should have got. Some of y'all would say the spank on the ass that she should have got, okay? She never got it. and Y'all laughed at it. I think the Braxton's laughed at it and thought it was cute until it grew up, Till the 7-year-old became an adult, but the, it was still a 7-year-old in an adult body. And then she was on TV time. like, your husband ain't this, and my husband is this, and y'all ain't this, and y'all, honey, you going with this man And you want. You know how Taybor used to do the first few years? She used to call her sisters out on everything. But then when she started going through stuff, she didn't want nobody to talk about her stuff. She, she permeated the room. She would leave out the room. She would make people. She would just, she would just, she would make her, she would really make everything about her. Her sisters would run to her rescue, and she would really just be icy cold, all kind of stuff, just always constantly just grabbing the air out of the room. That's what at least they made it look like on television, okay? So I'm not surprised, Tamar, that you're attracting dudes like David Adafeso. I don't think David's innocent either, okay? Like I said, I think your ass crazy too, David. But I'm not surprised. Because of the way I've seen your behavior on this reality television the last several years, and I think they need to correct the seven-year-old. It is time to spank the seven-year-old in the ass and send their ass to counseling.
0: It's
1: ruining our life. Y'all can't baby her no more. Quit saying the baby's cute. The baby. Oh, Tamar. Tamar, what's wrong? Quit it. Tell Tamar the truth and get her some help. Shit. That's all I got to say. It's enough. Enough. Somebody needs to. uh, Ayana was trying to tell her the truth. Ayana was trying to help y'all asses. Uh, Ayana even was like, shit, I'm tired. I can't even. I'm about to give up. Ayanma was on there, Ayanma was this close to to curing, she was giving Tamar the spanking and ass she needed, and y'all on there like, y'all got to stop cuddling her, Braxton. you part of the problem, y'all part of the problem, Tony, you are too, stop, stop, Tamar's not a baby. Tamar has come on there. She was with ben. I remember the sisters on the show, didn't even know Tamar had they had the rights to the song or some all kinda of stuff on the on the Braxton family value, had asked all the sisters out and everything. She was doing all kind of stuff allegedly for herself and Vince. And then was criticizing her sisters. But her sisters are always running to her rescue. Y'all have to correct that girl. It's enough's enough. Golly, I wanna be feeling so right for Tamar, but I can't. Because I see the clownery that's been going on on the reality show. Clown, clown stuff. And I'm not surprised. I am not surprised that David is out here talking about domestic violence and Tamar's running it back because she likes drama. She was just doing this event a couple of years ago. Was, she wasn't doing it, but it was her family. We we just saw this play out a couple of years ago. Didn't we? Didn't we saw it play on reality TV, the same, kind of the same scenario? So that means you the problem. Two different men, but the same woman. Child, none of us is perfect out in these streets, okay? Everybody got their problem, but
2: this
1: a lot. Tamar's a lot. Whew. I said my piece on that. Get some help, Tamar. Keeping up with the Kardashians. Coming to an end on ETV, and the world said, a lot of us in the world said, thank you, Lord. Okay? This is it. This is the year. This is day last year, and they realize that it's time. It's time. It's time. Thank you, Chris. It's it's time. It's, it, it, it is really time for the the Kardashians to take a bow. It is. Y'all know it's time. It it was time five years ago. I don't I don't know what happened, but it was time. Okay, and I I'm I'm proud of them. For uh, doing this, okay, and this is according to the Guardian. dot com. It says the Kardashians were in the news this week. You could, of course, say that this is just about any week for the past ten years or so. The Kardashians are constantly getting uh, up to all sorts of well publicized adventures, generating this kind of low droning background hum of information and allow, analysis overload on which our people's dim. Uh, po- Post testations that they have never watched an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and actually, who are the Kardashians? And then on top of that, our pious admonishments about being obliged to take the Kardashians seriously has a phenomenon: seeing how they are so famous and have changed the culture. In so uh in so so many ways whether you like it or not and by God you should like it. Okay? This is an article saying this, but this because this is the 21st century and we have an ethical duty as media consumers to care about and notice the Kardashians day in and out. And then on top of that, a few spirit, uh, spurious arguments about feminism that diminish everyone involved, okay? So that's uh, one uh Thing from the uh, From the Guardian I wanted to read that part But let me see This other one too it Says, says uh, This is how the Kardashians spent years Destroying the show At the center of the empire For 13 years This is from uh, From BuzzFeed News uh, It says Uh for 13 years, Keeping Up With the Kardashians has been the centerpiece of the family's brand and success. But the news the show is ending should come as no surprise. For years, the Kardashians let the show fall into disrepair, and without it, their empire hangs in the balance. Uh, you're you a very distraught, and evil human being, Kourtney Kardashian will, through speakerphone at her sister Kim. Her style's filling Chloe's huge marble kitchen has the camera crew looked on. I don't agree with you, who you are as a human being. Okay, well, if I said something that hurt your feelings, I'm sorry Ken responded with a barely suppressed eye roll, but clearly there's something else going on because you're acting like a fucking lunatic. It was September 2017, and the pair had just erupted at each other over scheduling the family's annual Christmas card shoot, a blow-up that did nothing to ease months of tension over Courtney's perceived lack of work ethic. She wanted the shoot wrapped up by 4 p.m., and Ken was confused as to how the family member who worked the least could be the most fucking entitled. The fight ended with Ken telling Courtney she was welcome to skip the shoot entirely since she was the least exciting to look at anyway. Okay. It says, Courtney sobbing and yelling through the uh, ragged breath from her car parked outside the How she just stormed out of continued her tirade As Kim, Chloe, and Mama Jerk Chris Jenner listened in Thick lashes, uh, batting Plump mouths forming, ovals, and surprise And she said, if I had enough money I wouldn't do the show, Courtney cried I would be a full-time mom Honestly, we have a disgusting family I'm ashamed to be a part of people like that It's just gross Okay, and then they say, they go on to say 13 years ago, keeping up with the Kardashians began as an opportunity to introduce the family to the public and maximize their 15 minutes of fame, but it quickly became the foundation on which all their future successes were built. Uh, there's a reason why Kris Jenner has always defined keeping up with the Kardashians' empire's uh, mothership. Uh, has the mothership, the show provides the framework, the context for every the context for everything else that the family does. It extends Kardashian 's news cycle, offers continued visibility and connects them as the world 's most uh, ubiquitous, powerful celebrity brand. Um, and so, you know, this is a very interesting article here too on uh on the Buzzfeed news, but it talks about breaks down how they how they became successful and now how they tore down the brand. There's a lot of ways how I can go into the fact that they tore down the brand and everything and I'm gonna probably talk about that, hit on that more next week. But here's what I will say, okay? The reason why I read that first article, part of the article, is because the Kardashians, listen, nobody can lie about what Kris Jenner has done, and I do say Kris Jenner, because Kris Jenner is the one, okay? Uh, What she has done with this family, how she has led, uh, she has made, she has taken lemons and made lemonade. She has made... Whole dreams acceptable in the world Shout out to that Scorpio Uh, You know, listen I can't knock the hustle I'm glad the hustle's gonna be over But I can't knock it It's been a great ass hustle I mean, shit What they have made The money that they have made They are ETV I don't know what E gonna do What E gonna do Somebody tell me what E gonna do What is ETV you ready to do? Okay because I don't know what's going to happen here. There's a lot of futures hanging in the balance with the Kardashians now. Okay? So it is very interesting now to see this brand. And, hey, listen, I watched a couple of years of the Kardashians because I was so, uh, during the uh, Chris Humphrey years, and I was was really interested. I was like, what the hell is going on around here? Why are people watching this shit? So I I watched it, and I kind of got to know, I was like, oh, I get it. Okay, so I got why they why people were paying attention to them to this out of dysfunction and everything. Totally got it. Uh it is what it is. I, I I you know, listen. The Kardashians have 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 been a staple in uh in pop culture. And you know, uh I'm sure they will not listen. I'm sure they will find some way to put themselves out front again. I'm sure they'll find some way to find another thing, but I do say that they should get prepared without a show, a weekly show, about how things will change for them, because I do believe it's going to change, you know. I believe that, that this, I, I agree with uh, 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 this article, but the bus he has This is going to be interesting for their brand. No wonder why Kim was talking about being a lawyer for the last few years because she knew knew the brand was the ride, the train ride's coming to an end. And good for her. Okay? And good for us all. Thank goodness. I mean, I can, I'm, and I'm gonna get that show together one time. But I, I keep promising y'all that show about the things you can learn from the Kardashian, Kardashians. But in honor of them leaving this year, in honor of them, if this is not a publicity stunt, in honor of them giving us our freedom <laughs> from they asses, <acid. laughs> uh, I'm gonna do one. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get it prepared, and I'm gonna do it. Okay, because I feel like you can learn a lot from them chicks. A whole lot, particularly from Chris Jenner. Okay, it is what it is. Good for shout out to y'all. I'm sure it's. It, hey, I'm glad to see. I'm glad for it to be uh, over. Okay, it is, I'm serious. It, it, it had to happen at some point. Y'all know it had to happen. Okay. All right. So are y'all ready, Beehive? I, 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 should I make y'all angry? I'm gonna make this the last story before I go to break. Try make the beehive angry right now. Do I got time to make the beehive upset with me? Okay. Mulan. Mulan releases the the uh, the Disney uh, Mulan gets released on Disney Plus this week, and it brings in. Uh, it, it becomes one of the uh let's see it says it um 20 it they um 23.2 million in china uh let's see which is lackluster for china let's see but in america it did really good um I think it had 60 over 68% uh, uh, the first opening weekend It does basically it, I think it had 68% downloads The first weekend And the second weekend It fell to number three But what I said about Mulan is It was able to do what Blackest King couldn't do What's that Carlotta? Be a rating success Because I kept telling Disney You need to put that shit On ABC, Monday night. No offense, Beyonce, but Black is King should have been like a Sunday night special or something at Christmas time or Thanksgiving or Black History Month, but no. They try to put it on the streaming service, okay, and it's been tanking ever since. It's like a long spiral. I won't go too hard on Beyonce because it's late, but Mulan had an extra $30 fee. And still did well. Even though it managed to underwhelm in China this week, it did hella good in America. What does it say for Beyonce? What does it say for the brand of Beyonce? Does it say what I've been saying for a long time? She is Michael Jackson without the thriller. You know what? I, I, I'd like to see Beyonce do a versus. No, no, not, uh, I hear y'all saying Beyonce versus Alicia Keys Uh, no You know where you'll find out the truth of Beyonce Now, and please don't get mad at me I know that, I know, that you're getting ready to get mad at me dude. I know I gotta make the beehive mad tonight It's just my brand, right, to make y'all mad <laughs> Y'all know I like Beyonce, okay? I I, I be in and out the beehive. Sometimes I have a beehive membership, and sometimes I jump out of it, and I'll be like, Psh! I'm throwing my membership in the trash. And some days I pick up my membership and I march out around with it proudly, okay? I'm a fan. I like Beyonce. I love her performance. I think she's one of the greatest performers the world has ever seen. I think she's a great performer, works really hard, okay? The problem, I think, with Beyonce is the overhype and oversaturation of Beyonce. And I think that Beyonce, that doesn't mean she's not talented. It just means that the music has been lackluster a little bit to me. There's been some good albums, critically acclaimed albums, I can I think. But listen, when you put her in a versus versus Janet Jackson, not singing-wise, I'm not saying that, but a verse in a versus versus uh, even Michael Jackson. Okay, since y'all be saying see the Michael Jackson of today, you will find the catalog is going up against people like that. You can put her up against who else? I mean, there's a lot of people you will find. A lackluster catalog. I've been saying this for a long time. I've been saying it, but nobody's been listening to me, okay? I know Beyonce's the nice girl in Hollywood, and that's why you all like her and stuff like that. I get it. I'm not mad. But I'm just saying, the music is getting a little shitty. And the best Beyonce music comes from when she does, like, the braggadocious stuff. Like the Beyonce, like I said, does she stay in her lane when she's Beyonce or when she's diva or, You know, and stuff like that. It's just I feel like she's boxed herself in some way, you know. And the only way to get, come out of that box is to come out of that box. I don't, I'm don't, not mad at Beyonce for trying new things, to try to do Black is King, even though I thought it was a little weird, or to try to do uh, Lemonade and things like that, trying to come outside of her box, trying to go into Solange's lane, trying to do things differently, trying to be very black, you know, blackish, blackly black, pandering to black people during the Black Lives Matter stuff and all that. But, you know, listen, I, neither here nor there. I don't mind that from Beyonce, okay? I understand that as an artist, people artists stretch themselves sometimes, even at the, you know, even even if they have to swallow their own failures, okay? However, I think she does so much better in staying in her lane. And Mulan proves what I knew. That that should have been on a free format, a free place like Disney. You should have just had it on the regular Disney Channel or ABC. You can't charge people thirty dollars for Beyonce. You can't charge people six dollars for Beyonce. Like in concert when we seeing her really live. And why did why did Homecoming do so good? Can we can we talk about why Homecoming did so good? First of all, it was streamed live on YouTube, right? But it was Beyonce in her element. She walked out on that stage, honey, with that with that thing on and them legs, them long legs, and that she was a shit. Okay, I was like, yes, girl, yes. But that's her lane. Homecoming was very Beyonce isk, and it's the deeper, it's the deepest to me that she can go. Like it was very black, it was HBCU, it, it, it was everything at this point that she can go without really diving in and from a personal level and bringing it out inside of her. Because a lot of times what artists will try to do is they'll try to uh, to jump to what's hot and what's trending instead of bringing out what's inside of them. I really felt that the homecoming, even though I hated the remake from Frankie Beverly and Maze, but other than that... I actually think the homecoming was from the inside of Beyonce. It was really, just really great. The the, the performance, not the, the, the video. The performance, it was very Beyonce, Beyonce-esque. Okay, but when she tries to go deep, off the deep end, it just don't work. You know, they would have been better selling Homecoming. On Disney Channel, doing or something like that. This that's Beyonce at her best, to me. Things like Homecoming, stuff like that. But yeah, Blackest King was sort of weird. Um, yeah, um, it, but it had some great, like I said, great visuals and things like that. But you know, it, uh, Disney, are we through selling the flop? Have we, have we, have we come to the conclusion that the gift was not the gift? It was more like the flop. Are we okay with that now? Because we've repackaged it as Black is King. We've repackaged it as uh, we put it out on YouTube as Brown Girl, Brown Skin Girl. We Now we're making separate videos for it. I mean, we're trying to do everything Disney. 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 Excuse me. Disney. Disney. It's not. It's done. Let's just. Put it on ABC so everybody gets a chance to see it, okay? And let's so you can redeem something for Beyonce, okay? Okay, see, Hive, I wasn't that bad this week. I was actually kind of nice. God, I can be nice. I'm a nice person. It happens sometimes. <laughs> because it's late. Of course I got to be nice, okay? All right, so you guys, we're going to wait break. When I come back, we're going to talk about how y'all is staying, how y'all, y'all going back home, okay? Y'all bothering your mamas and daddies trying to, some of y'all young people are trying to go back. I get it. I understand it. We've talked about it on this show before. Majority of young adults is finding themselves having to go back home, child, because of the pandemic, the pandemic made people have to stop in their tracks. People have to share. Then we're gonna talk about the shy out here managed to get a fourth season after Lena. Late Lena, what's the girl's name? Lena Wade kills off everybody. All the great, uh, the great uh, uh, actors, except for two or three of them. <laughs>
2: we're
1: gonna talk about Jane. Father saying she regrets not getting her swirl on with Child Marvin Gaye. Child, let me tell you, I can understand you, Jane. Mm-hmm. I've been born in, like, my mama's time, like the 60s hmm How we got with more? <laughs> okay, so we gonna talk
2: about
1: that And Andrea, Andrew Gillum out here pretending and talking to Tamarin Hall We gonna talk about that And the avatars among us, okay We gonna talk. We gonna try to get to I'm gonna try to get all this off in, in, in an hour for y'all If not, we're gonna have a second show this week, okay And we'll 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 get to the rest of this, all right. So meanwhile, we got to play a little bit of music to wake y'all up. To ones of y'all who hanging with me tonight for the recording of this show, so y'all can get it this week. Uh, let's see, let's see what we want to hear. What we gonna hear? What am I got? Oh, do I got it up? Can't wake up with a little music. Okay, there was something I had I wanted to play for y'all. I don't know. Oh yeah, this is a good one. I love this one. Old school. Baby, come back. Player, it's the CC show. I'll be back in a moment, y'all. Catalog,
0: too, though. Kind of
1: like, would that be Beyonce's
2: catalog? This and Shout?
1: Probably. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess you could send that, right? That would be the Beyonce's catalog, too. I don't know, but yeah, but you know, if you take this and Shout out of Beyonce's catalog, Could she have a
0: version? I
1: don't know. Yeah, she could, I guess, from the first one. Because I do. I love B-Day. B-Day's my shit. That kitty cat son. That's yes. go, little kitty. That's my kitty. Kitty cat and what else on B-Day? I love B-Day, period. B-Day was my ish. I was a Beyonce. Then i am B-Day. Crazy and Crazy in Love. Then that Sasha Fear shit came. And I just, I, I've never been the same with her. I've been in love hate. You know, yeah, I, yeah, that would be interesting. Destiny Child versus uh, TLC, maybe SWV versus uh, Skate, Envolve versus nobody, since y'all can't fuck Can I say that again? <laughs>
2: Original
1: Envolve, okay? All right, it's the CC show. I'm back this late night, y'all. We giving the late night. I'm giving the late night edition of the show because y'all know, Oh, I haven't had a show in a couple of weeks, so I got a lot to tell y'all about. You know, except we may not finish the show tonight, we may have to do a a part two. And that's okay. I'm good. Y'all do the part two? Okay, we're gonna to have to have a part two sometime during the week. I'll try to come up with a part two before our next show, okay? All right, but well, let's talk about these shot and shot street Renewed for season four. This is according to deadline dot com. It says, Showtime has ordered a fourth season of Lena Waite's created drama, The Shy. Each season, The Shy's authentic storytelling resonates more deeply with its devoted and growing audience, said Gary LeVine, president of entertainment at Showtime Network. Lena Waite, together with Justin Hill and Killian, explore the joys and heartbreak of life on the South Side in a way that is unique on television, and we relish the prospect of continuing that exploration with them. Created an executive produced by Waze and executive produced by Commons. Uh the Shy is a tiny coming of age story revolving around a group of residents on the south side of Chicago who became linked by coincidence, but bonded by the need for connection and redemption. Uh,
0: and
1: uh listen, she's killed a lot of people off season three. Uh Lena Waite I just feel like Lena Waze came to the right one. can I be honest with you, season three was the worst Season of The Shy. The Shy has been so endearing the first two seasons, and I think that's because Lena Waite was nowhere near it. And then came Third Season, and we saw a lot of agenda driven storylines, agenda driven TV, even though, you know what, I love the character that plays Luke's girlfriend on, uh, on The Shy. I thought that was a good addition. But Lena Waite has, has tried to. to, to she is, she's trying to drive agendas through this programming, and you can tell. I can tell that she showed up. She showed up in the Shire. She's probably showing up in the writing room. And, Lena, I ask of you, I beg of you, for the rest of the cast and for everyone else to stay away and let the, the writers who've been doing it the last two seasons, before the third season, stay with us. Go get them. And just step away. Step away. Step away. We don't even need you in it, to be honest. We didn't need you to run for mayor. We didn't need none of this. We didn't need none. I was like, no. When I saw her, I was just like, oh, no. Now, I'm going to tell you what is a good show that I love that Lena Wade produced, and that's the 20s. I think it's good. It's going to be on Showtime now. I don't even know if it stopped because it was on D T at first, but now it's going to Showtime. Uh, But it was a very good show, very funny, very good, okay? Uh, I like that, okay? But the the shot was horrible this year. I mean, she had no explanation for the Brandon character being killed off. I mean, we just saw funerals after funerals after funerals. I mean, really, the storylines were all over the place. Um, it, It was a hot mess. And the only reason it survived probably this season is because they had new audiences come in and everybody was curious about what was going to happen to the character of Brandon and more. she didn't give answers for. Um, It was very Tyler Perry-ish, you know, this season. Because you know how Tyler Perry would go through a whole season not answering his cliffhangers from the last season? That's what Lena Wade did. She went through the whole season without asking, answering her cliffhanger questions, and she just brought up, brought in new um, storylines with, with no explanation for old ones. It was a mess. And the ratings may look like they're good because most people didn't see. Probably it just came in new, and a lot of the old people came to watch what was going to happen. But if you read Twitter, the comments have been scathing. For the shot for this season Okay, I mean people have hated the shot Everybody's like what are you doing But those little Three young little, those three young men Who told the show together Great, they are great They should be applauded for making it Through this hot ass mess of a script Shout out to them It was a hot ass mess It was a hot ass mess And Lena, Lena if you don't get stay away from
2: right or at least
1: get better, I'm sure you won't make it to a fifth seat, okay? If it's the third if the fourth season is anything like the third, the show is gonna go to hell in a handbook. Fuck.
0: Majority of young adults are going back home.
1: Pandemic sees the majority of young adults like to live with mom and dad. This is according to um, C, is CNBC.com. It says, uh, amid extreme economic uncertainty and a few job prospects, most young adults have moved back in with mom and dad. In fact, for the first time ever, the majority of 18- to 34-year-olds now live at home with their parents according to recent study by a Pew Research Center. As of July, 5.2% of millennials were living in their parents' home, up from 47% in February, according to the Pew analysis of census data, surpassing so the previous high hit in 1940 when the 48% of adults lived with their parents, okay? In a very short space of time, we are now at levels seen during the Great Depression, said Richard Fry, a senior researcher at the Pew, the number of, um, the share of young adults living with their parents jumped across the board for men and women, all racial and ethnic groups, and every geographic reason. The pre found. Although the coronavirus crisis has taken a significant toll on Americans, young adults have been particularly hit hard. okay? With many college campuses closed, undergraduates are forced to move back home and study remotely or take a gap year. Those with newly minted diploma face face the worst job market in modern history with more student debt than ever before, putting a severe strain on their financial circumstances. Seven in ten seniors graduating the red, owing about 30000 per borrower according to the Institute for College Access and Success. And those already in the workforce are more likely to lose their job or take a pay cut. In less than six months, the share of 16 to 24-year-olds who are neither enrolled in school nor employed more than doubled due due to COVID-19 and the economic downturn that followed, according to the Pew. Now, if you want to read the rest of this article, you can go to cndc.com. It's very good about young people. I've also posted on the chat on this show about a lot of young people going back home in the midst of the pandemic, okay? Now, for young people who are going back home as a person who has done this in my life, okay, uh, I want to explain to you, you know, this is a, a hard um, situation for many young adults, adults, everybody to be in Coronavirus, Coronavirus, uh, unfortunately... Uh, The overhyping of the coronavirus, the coronavirus is very real. You should take very real precaution, be very careful,
2: definitely.
1: But I believe it has been overhyped
2: by the press,
1: the president, the Democrats, the Republicans. I mean, you know, uh, we just didn't have a good game plan as Americans to face a crisis like this, Okay. Nobody had the game plan, even Barack Obama. He may have said there was getting ready to come a pandemic several, five years ago, but he didn't really have no plan. Um, young people, well, I will tell you, and this is a time to plan. If you happen to go back home with your parents, not only are your parents facing some sort of economic sometimes uh Situations of uncertainty when you are too as a young adult, and so this is the time not to just come into your parents' house and just you know you know hang back and not be uh, talking with your parents. I think it's it's time where you can have tremendous growth as a young person, and I tell you some of the mistakes I did. One of the things you can do, learn from my mistakes, is going in with a game plan with your parents. Okay, having a talk with your parents about a game plan for success, not only for yourself but for them too. Because when you're living in the house with your parents, you know the you, you can if you were like me, you probably pay something to your family or give somebody, pay some bills or something like that, and it can be a burden off your parents if you're working, right? If you're not working, then come up with a game plan to maybe create something so that you can get income in, okay? But I will say this. It is important to sit down with your family, if you have that kind of family, and have a game plan or express to your parents how important it is that you guys come together with goals and a game plan together so that you can
2: succeed
1: in the middle of tough circumstances. It's families who are able to stand together and be able to uh, create a plan and create ideas and that can bring their, e- their economics together. Even if you work in a small part time job, whatever you can do. You begin to sit down with your parents and let your parents know that you have a game plan. And, and and maybe you can share you and your parents can swap ideas even for their own game plan as older adults, okay? You know what I'm saying? But sit down with your family. It's not time to go in your house and, and not
2: to to to, uh, to
1: uh, go back, move home, and fall back home with my mom and dad and all this stuff. No, it can be a great blessing for you, okay? And you can use that time to save, to conquer some things, conquer financial debt. Uh, perhaps you can help your parents, take some load off of your parents, maybe with certain things. There are a number of things that you can do. While at home, that not only uh, can help you expand yourself for the future, but can also expand your parents, okay? So that's why I say come up with a game plan if you do have to go back home in the midst of coronavirus and all this stuff going on. Don't not have a game plan. That's what I would say to you guys, okay? And don't feel bad for having to move back. You got to do what you got to do, okay? You what
0: it is. It's hard out here in these coronavirus streets.
1: Jane Fonda. Regrets not having sex with legendary, this legendary musician. This is from TooFab.com, okay? Uh, it says, uh, Jane, Fonda, uh, uh, Jane Fonda passed us the chance to get it all with the one and only Marvin Gaye. And the decision still haunts us to this day. Cha Jane. Ooh. I'm drinking it. now.
0: Jane, I cannot blame
1: you. Mm -hmm. Marvin was fine, child. Mm. In the sprawling profile of the New York Times about her activism, career, and everything in between with columnist Maureen Dodd, Fonda also touched on a couple of famous men from her past. During a game of confirm or deny, Fonda was asked what was her biggest regret whether her biggest regret was that she never had sex with Shay Duvara. She took, the, she took the chance to set the record strength. No, I didn't think about him. Who I do think about and what is a regret is Marvin Gaye. Shea. We going to talk about Marvin Gaye. He wanted to and I didn't. What? She explained she was married to Tom Hayden at the time. And met gay while trying to organize concerts for her husband. When asked whether his pickup line includes the word sexual healing, one of the gays did find finding joke that I needed some at the time. <laughs> okay, but he didn't say he didn't say that he didn't say that. No, she ain't But then I read apparently he had my picture on his refrigerator. I didn't find out until later after he was dead. During the interview, she went on to call on Brandon with whom she started in the, the Chase, Disappointed, but, as a, but a, a great actor. As you know, she has a drawer full of vibrators. What? Jamie and Her you're still using them vibrators, child. All right. Girl, don't let that. Them vibrations kind of a heart <coughs> Let me She's <check> <laughs> been married three times in the past. Also said she closed up the shop down there when it comes to her love life right now. I don't have time yet. I am fully complete with being my children and my grandchildren and my friends. I don't want any more romance. I don't have time for it.
0: Child, listen here. Now, I
1: don't know a lot of y'all. I have this idea in my head that I would love to have been in, you know, just go back. If I ain't got a time machine right now, and I could go back in time to and have one night to be a Studio 54. First of all, like one night to go back in time, like one night to hang out and go back in time to a space in time, it would be Studio 54. Child, I want to go to see studio you know, and I can hang it oh, all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have this fascination with Studio 54. I really do. I want to collect memorabilia someday from Studio 54. I love the idea of Studio 54. I mean, it fascinates me to just stay, right? Like, and what would be my fantasy? Like, we dance with Marvin Gaye in Studio city of '64 or so, or Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. I would love it. I, would, I don't mean Jane Fine. Now, to this is it. Now, I wouldn't have no regrets, Jane, because if I was back in the 70s and Marvin said to me, let's get it on, I'd be like, It was post, uh, it was, it was pre AIDS and HIV. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: I mean, like Cardi B and them, there's some hoes in this house. I might have been a groupie for more than Okay? I'm not going to lie. There's two times in my life I thought about a groupie.
0: Okay? I'm so. This, this is why this show is so messy. <laughs> <laughs> two times in my life, I thought maybe three.
1: two, two times. This is two times I thought like maybe the goopy might be so bad. <laughs> if I would have, no, only one time. Once, if i had been one in the '70s, I definitely, I wouldn't have been a groupie, but I probably would have been a groupie for Marvin Gaye. Okay, Marvin Gaye is like fine and sexy. Marvin gay is that shit. Okay, Marvin Gaye is fine as hell. Okay. Yeah, I may have thought about it. Okay, in the '70s, at Studio Fifty Four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm
2: not. I'm, kidding.
1: I'm Michael Jackson in the '70s.
2: <laughs> okay,
1: okay. Now, who is it that I like had grouping vibes for? Okay, before I was before before I was hot and sick. Before I when I was sick. Okay,
0: I know who. Right.
1: Oh, my God, when my, Maxwell was on Planet Groove, I wish, I wanted to be, I wanted to be Rachel. <laughs> <This was fine. laughs> Can I be Rachel just for that night? I don't want to be here no time in life. Well, my Maxwell so y'all go back and watch Planet Groove, when Maxwell was on Planet Groove, was it in the 90s? <gasps> I think Rachel, Rachel, did you get it? Because I would have you know, he would have got, he would have got some, he could have got it in the 90s, he could have got it. I'm not going to lie, Marvin Gaye is not supposed to be yeah, let's see, Marvin Gaye, yes, Marvin Gaye in the 70s, pre-H-I, pre-HIV, and I'm single in the 70s, Marvin Gaye all day.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maxwell in the 90s, I'm all day. Two thousand one, yeah. <laughs> okay. Marvin and Maxwell I got a thing for, okay? Marvin could have gotten. No doubt. My fantasy. Michael, Michael Jackson could've gotten in the seventy two. Okay. That's it. That's all I'm going for. I would've been I would've, was bells on and I had this thing about studio forty four being at Studio fifty four in the height of decades. And James Bond, I think, was one of the people that he sang out of Studio 54. Because, you know, there is something, something like Studio 54 is just, it, I'm just so fascinated by the stories I've read about Studio 54, the interviews I've seen. I mean, oh, my God, it's just like, it's like a dream, like a dream, like if so I can go back to the time machine. Yeah, Studio 54, I'm going. Hell so, yes. Yeah. Set me up with Michael R. Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame Jane Fonda at all. <laughs> I see, I understand, Jane. I understand. Sister. I understand. Okay, she said, and she said she was married at the time, but she needs some sexual healing. Hilarious. Okay. Oh my goodness. Who hot mess in these Street? Jane Fonda's a wild one, child. She's a wild. One. Okay. So let's talk about what else you going to talk about here. Avatars? No, we gotta talk about. Are we gonna talk about? No, we gotta talk about Andrew Gilliam out here on the street. What's Andrew talking about? The Andrew, Andrew, I didn't miss the interview. I missed the interview with Tim Hall, but right I heard about it. Listen. I mean, did it happen already? Or I heard it was coming. I seen the previews of it. Let's talk about this real quick. Andrew Gilliam, this is according to MiamiHerald.com. Andrew Gilliam. Discusses the night of his political star crash in a Miami Beach, and how his uh, discusses the night his political star crash in a Miami Beach hotel room. Andrew Gilliam, the 2018 Democratic nominee for Florida governor, has an explanation for the night that derailed his political career. In March, police reports surfaced and showed an intoxicated Gilliam on the floor of a Miami Beach hotel room. He was in the room with two other men. One of the men was suspected to have overdosed. Although police found what they believed to be crystal meth in the room, Gilliam denied having taken the drug. Gilliam was not arrested that evening. So what was Gilliam, the rising political star, and father of three doing in that room? Tasha host Tamara Hall asked him in an interview for the upcoming season premiere of her show. Okay, so it hasn't come out yet. I I would say the reason why I went to that room is probably no different than how anybody might communicate with someone that they're in a friendship relationship whatever with Gilliam is okay uh, according to an expert, an expert that aired Thursday an expert that aired Thursday on Good Morning America I understand very well what people assume about that soon after that night a photo surfaced online depicting what appeared to be Gilliam unconscious and naked Photos of the scene that appeared online were not verified at the time by law enforcement officials, okay when the photo came out, I didn't recognize the person on the floor giving the toll house. That was not anything more than being at their most at their most uh, a person being at their most vulnerable, state, unconscious, having given no consent, and someone decided to use a moment where I was literally lighting my own vomit. After the highly publicized incident, Gilliam entered a rehabilitation facility to be treated for alcohol. As recently as earlier this year, Gilliam was arguably the face of the Florida Democratic Party. In 2018, he scored an upset victory to become the first black candidate to be nominated for governor from a major political party. Okay. Later that fall, Gilliam came within a half percentage point of defeating his Republican opponent, Ron DeSantis. After the race, Gilliam enjoyed a platform as a national public figure. He became a political commentator, commentator for CNN. He promised to help mobilize a million Florida voters in 2020 election and stuff like that. Let's um, get that. It says, but even before March night night in the South Beach Hotel, when cracks had begun to form in Gilliam's political facade, in November 2019, his political committee for Florida, which was supposed to be registering and reactivating – Florida the voters started paying out hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees relating to a federal investigation that involved Gilliam and his political network. The target of the spawning investigation by US Attorney's Office is unclear. However, the expenses have continued to mount. Last month alone, for Florida spent another two hundred and fifty three thousand dollars on legal counsel let that show, okay? Whether Gilliam will attempt to another run someday is unclear. You know, listen, let's stop this, okay? possibly being set up, okay? There's a possibility, you know, especially if he's got an alcohol problem or a drug problem and he was up in that room, maybe he was up there with a friend and uh, he thought they were going to smoke some dr- a drink or drink some drugs or something, and they took advantage of him and got him, okay? I don't, you listen, truth is often stranger than fiction. Okay? Seriously. No, I, I'm willing to say that could be a possibility, but I don't know how it looks. And what do I really believe? Do I believe that's what happened? I stand it's a possibility that it could happen. But do I believe it happened? Hell no. I think he is in denial. I think his wife is probably gonna got her ass up there on T V show She gonna be in denial too. I think Andrew might be either bisexual or gay, okay? But it's time for to come to Jesus, okay? Ain't no sense in going on here and saying that, well, I got set up. Now, it's a possibility. I'm not saying, I could be completely wrong. He may have been. And politics get set up all the time, okay? Shit like this happens, okay? So people can get blackmailed. He might not be gay at all, but my gut says, mm. yeah. And for his wife, girl, have come to come and meet me with yourself. Even if you ain't gay, come and come to Jesus with yourself. Even if you ain't bisexual. have and come to Jesus with yourself. You put yourself in a vulnerable position and you put your family in a vulnerable position. And now for the rest of my life, i got to add, answer people's questions. i got to be out here looking stupid, be out here looking like I'm with your ass and I have no respect, self-respect. While you get caught up in a hotel room with two men. I'm oh, from bullshit.
0: And now you out here trying to tell people that you got fed up.
1: Listen, I don't know if I believe the hype. I think
0: I believe that you went up there and really knew what you was going to do. You
1: just didn't think he was going to get hurt. Now, that's my personal opinion. But I'm willing to say the other could be a possibility, too. You know, maybe he was fed up. Shit, I
0: don't know. But I'm willing to think the
1: latter. I really think he was set up and he's bisexual. And he's he like, you either gay or bisexual. I believe it's both. And that, there you know, the truth is, listen, if you're really bisexual or if you're really gay, you think you should come on television
2: and say, hey, not
1: only do I have a drug and alcohol problem that led me to being set up, but I also am, uh, I didn't want to discuss my sexuality because it's between me and my family and other people, but I'm a bisexual man. Okay, I mean, just be honest. Shit, this is good. What year is this? Are we in the twenty? What year? We in the 21st century right now? 2020? Shit, tell the truth. Age of Aquarius? Live in your truth, Andrew. And set that Sister free if you don't like my quick Set her free. Set her free. You don't want me to Set her free. But then again, she might like... See, sometimes when people like that get together, sometimes it'd be two people that, that share the same likes and dislikes. You, you see what I'm saying? She might be bisexual. Or she, you know, she may not have a problem with him being bisexual. Okay? Now, I got a problem with somebody's greedy ass right here in these streets. Now, you could be a bisexual male, but when you're in a relationship with somebody, you should be loyal in that thing if you still, I mean, it ain't right to her. If you married to her, and you still.
0: Y'all know. That's so sweet. And so yourself
1: so just hmm. so, I think you really know. You, you really know. And I think And, and maybe you got set up Maybe you did Okay, whatever y'all want
0: to believe in the It's good okay. But I'm, I'm not so sure This greedy
2: ass on the
1: BF He had not one How
0: many people was up there with it toe?
1: He He's greedy ass he
0: Oh yeah, full coochie cat at home. But
1: now he's going out in the hotel room with two beans. I ain't saying he's doing something. I'm just saying what it look like. But there's a possibility. Look, oh, a people think he did that set up. He set up. And I won't, I won't deny that possibility for him, even though I don't believe that's what happened. I won't deny it. I believe he was set up, but he was set up by his own.
2: Uh, What's the word? I can say to that
1: he was set up by his own things that he likes, his own luck, his own. What's uh, the word? Prodigality, his own life, his own things, and they need, and I think that sometimes uh, these people know what you like that set you up, and he got caught up. This is what it is. I'm and Andrew out here don't you know, we're gonna wait for Andy uh, we gonna wait for uh, to see Cameron and see what he says on all of that, on the camera Hall show, okay, when it comes out. And I'm gonna watch Tamron when that finally happens. When's Tamron? Tamron, is Tamron coming on? Y'all know I'll be paying no attention to Tamron. When she come on if you just show ain't come on I'm have to look to see when the show comes on, okay? We'll 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 talk about it even more. Now, Professor Jessica Krug admits she lied about being black. Time about She cancels herself. <sighs> this is according to NewYorkPost.com. Child, this one time is it? One thirty. Lord, we got we got time for the BS tonight. Y'all know I'm tired, right? Okay. Despite public, publicly believing as a black woman for years, George uh, for years, George Washington University associate professor Jessica Krug. Krug admitted Thursday that she actually is a cultural leech who is white. For the better part of my adult life, every move I've made, uh, every relationship I've formed has been rooted in a uh, uh, napalm, toxic soil of life. Napalm's toxic soil of Krug, 38, writes in a brief, life-shattering medium uh, post-titled, The Truth and the Anti-Black Violence of My Life. Okay? The self-proclaimed historian of politics, ideas, and cultural practices in Africa and the African dysphoria goes into detail, a lengthy trail of public deception. To an escalating degree over my adult life, I have eschewed my lived experience as a white Jewish child in suburban Kansas City under various assumed identities within a blackness that I had no right to claim. First, North African blackness, then, U.S. Jewish blackness. Big being rooted Bronx blackness, she says, I have built my life on a violent anti-black life, and I have lived in every breath I have taken. Okay? Okay. Prong has a Ph.D. and is author of the book, Future to Modern night Modern Kismet and Politics of Freedom, which integrates the political practices of discourse through Which those who fled from slavery and violence of the slave trade in Angola forced coherent political communities outside of in opposition to state politics, according to her GW faculty protest file. She has not lived the double life she claims, and she has no other life beyond the life she has been living. There is no parallel form uh, of my adulthood connected to white people or a white community or an alternative white identity. I have life fully completely, completely with no exit plan or strategy for white. I have no identity Let's see here. What's she saying here? She says, I have uh, no identity outside of this. I have never developed one. While she blamed childhood trauma for planting the seeds of race appropriation, she at no point asked for forgiveness or attempt to justify her choices, but instead, and this exacerbates her decisions and admits she has no idea to no idea how to move forward. Mental health issues likely explain why I assumed a false identity initially as a youth, and why I continued and developed for so long. She writes, "When I was a teenager feeling trauma, I could just run away to a new place and become a new person. But this isn't trauma that anyone imposed on me." This is one that I've been on to so many others. There's nowhere to run. I have ended the life I had no right to live in the first place, okay? You guys want to read the rest of this article about this avatar, Jessica Cruz, who I do feel sort of, you know, empathy for, okay? You can go to uh, newyorkcoast.com. Mm. Rachel Dolezal, this lady, Krug. There are avatars among us. You know, here's what I've I, I heard, and I've thought the same thing myself. You know, a lot of these women can't make it in white society, okay? And in black society, to come over to, in the black culture, sometimes they can be praised as biracial or mulatto-looking, light-skinned, when they really white and they can get attention sometimes that they wouldn't go get in the white community. I'm just telling y'all the truth. You know, sometimes I we 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 get people wrong people, some people attention, but that that's what a lot of this is. A lot of these women is coming over here for it, they could then have become avatars and they make their way up in society and high parts of society. I mean they have PhDs and euphoria. And they bring politics and they've been moving and shaking and among black elites and black fatality kids, gulays, and all this shit. Rachel Doazal was head of the NAACP chapter as a black person. You know, she was getting information. There's nothing to say. But to understand that people are avatars. You know, I've been knowing people are avatars. I used to, when I was young, I used to have this friend. I wanted to assist with this girl, to be honest. I don't know, you know, because in Kansas City, I wonder how old is she. I don't even know how old she, they say she is. But I had a friend in Kansas City uh, on our block who was from, she was uh, from, uh, she was, uh I think from her Jewish family, she lived like two or three blocks away from me. And she, when she was young, she, she, I, because she went to school with mostly black kids and stuff. She used to love to say she was black. I'm like you, ain't, I mean she, that's so like you ain't black, over your parents white. She was in full denial about not being black. And then I think no, and then her, father, her parents divorced. Her, I think her, her stepfather or somebody that's black or something. But I knew her pimp, and her, pimp, her mother was like, you know, she's cool. Why do I do that? But she tried to talk the talk, act the talk, and everything, and love to say all the time she was like, she was not. She liked to be the attention from her because she she could be something different that she couldn't wasn't in, in white to fight, you know? This is sad. To so everybody, love yourself out there. You are who you are. You are who God made you. Okay? And be careful of the avatars, okay? Because you never know. Y'all, y'all ever seen the movie The Avatar? To, for those of you who have never seen The Avatar, I read The Avatar. It's is what I call Rachel Dolezal, this lady. Y'all say Shaw King down these streets. I don't know enough, enough about them, but, you know. These are the There are avatars among us. Collecting information on you. Studying you. Trying to be you. Be aware, say won't, say alert,
0: <laughs> okay? It is what it is, right? I mean, crazy,
1: crazy stories, okay? So, let's see what else. This is another story that I want to talk about to y'all too tonight. What's the, what's the, This is going to be the? Talk about Andrew Gilliam. You talking about Dr. Dre it Dr. Dre out here in these streets, why he's on $2 million a month?
0: Ah. Y'all see Dr.
1: Dre's like, asking, is asking for $2 million a month. Now, a lot of people I start seeing are talking about, she didn't uh, write no firm, she didn't produce that a she didn't do that, but she's been with the man for 24 years. She gave the man two children. And, no, do I think? She, do I think she should take half of his money I don't know. It depends on how involved she's been in that marriage, who she's been to him, how she, what's, what is the level of support he's given her, and for when I hear men, all women talk about their husbands, or, or, or I mean, talk about husbands or what spouses do, are men for that much uh, limit wives to, uh,
2: to, to, to. Uh,
1: to not be worthy of, of sometimes uh, because they didn't help write a song. Like, say, for instance, they didn't help write like, these married baby faces. She didn't write no hits. She didn't write this and that. But she may have provided the platform and the peaceful home and the children, and she may have provided some form of being amused or some form of inspiration in his life that enabled him to do that even on a higher level, okay? Because wives and spouses, husbands do a lot of shit, okay? And sometimes you can't place value on what a good spouse
2: can do for you,
1: okay? Even even sometimes in the relationships where where uh, uh, it's falling apart, maybe the first 21 years the marriage was good, but the last three years, it became tumultuous, or it became a marriage day. They, they began to see, hey, we're not the best for each other. But those previous 20-some years, you may cannot account for what she's added to Dre's life. So what I say to people who say she doesn't deserve $2 million or she doesn't deserve this, well, uh, you don't know what type of spouse she was. And she may have been a very supportive in Doctor Dre's life, very supportive in giving him the environment in which he could
2: succeed,
1: okay? And giving him the inspiration in which he could succeed even more as a man, okay? So uh you know, I disagree with people when they say they didn't have like them sons, they didn't to do this, they have do that. Yeah. So spouses do a lot of different things, okay? Even when you uh even husbands. Okay, maybe you know the first several years in a marriage, is don't work out, but uh, a wife may become successful during that time in the marriage, or something like that, or some, And the uh, husband sometimes uh, deserves uh, for be, deserves some good things for being uh, helping that person. Throughout the marriage, you must not always bad, or maybe helping them have an environment in which to help them succeed. Okay, spouses do far more than just
2: uh,
1: have children or or or, 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 or provide. Uh, 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 spouses do a number of things. Okay, so when a marriage fails, it's hard to put a value on what a person. What you know what I'm saying, or what a person is especially when you have children, okay? And especially when you've been married a long time, like Dr. Drake and Nicole Young. And this is according to the Daily Mail dot com u k. It says Nicole Young claims estranged husband Dr. Drake was violent before and during their marriage. Has she revealed her expenses to justify requests for two million dollars a month in child support. Uh uh uh. Now we can't believe the violent Hey, I said I can't believe them. It's a but y'all know, y'all know the history. Young listed why she needs almost two million per month in a legal document. Document from this to her monthly expenses shows she receives two point five million each month. Though she signed a prenuptial agreement with Dre before that wedding in 1986, Young claims he ripped it up later. She also accuses the rapper and producer of being violent before and during their marriage. Wow. The 55 year old musician is worth $800 million. Young said filed for divorce from the artist this summer after 24 years of marriage. Okay? Now, Young also says she needs $10,000 per month to keep her house clean. That's what she's needs a lot of money for. Let me look at her lips here. Says, uh,. Young says she needs $10,000 per month to keep her house clean and get her laundry done. She also needs another
0: 135000
1: to pay for new clothes each month. Damn! She also she includes $60,000 a monthly for education costs including tuition and living expenses, so she didn't specify if that was for her own education efforts or if it was to pay for either son, True, 38, or daughter, Truly, 19. Jason, the ex, is also looking to keep uh, up, up to keeping her charitable donations in place a 125 thousand each month. Damn! She also on the hook for 100 thousand per month mortgage, and she says she needs a, a head scratching 20 thousand each month to pay for her telephone and cell bill. Damn! And email use. What the hell is she calling? Although all her individual expenses were listed, her total monthly expenses came out two million five hundred and thirty thousand. So her request for one point nine thirty six is actually more modest than what she had been spending. Okay, as of now Dre, real name Andre Young is covering all her expenses, okay? Since Empfolly John contends that she that the NWA member has been cutting off her allowance and has prevented her from using her American Express Black Card. Young claims that she, that the marriage began to go foul April 1st when the chronic rapper became intoxicated at their home in Los Angeles. From, Los Angeles home began shouting, Fuck you, fuck you, get the fuck out, get the fuck out, go to Malibu. According to her, he tried to cut off the purse strings and told her do not send one more cent, period. You can't be mean and disrespectful and send my hard-earned money. Fuck that. Yes, that's a threat. I'm putting... The be chomped up for sale next week. Dre is allegedly so angry at the accounting of his finances going on, doing, going on due to the divorce proceeding that he's threatening more. Young described a chilling incident in the documents that she became frightened of her husband and he sent his brother-in-law to Malibu home where she was staying to pick up his block. Woo! listen. I'm about to start calling him no peace Dre, okay? No Peace Dre. Doctor Dre no Peace. You know, listen, uh Doctor Dre has been accused over the years of being a violent person. Uh Doctor Dre in uh you know, in the eighties, we hear we've heard about the D incident with Dee Barnes, uh alleged incidents from uh Michelle A and some other alleged incidents of abuse with Doctor Dre, okay? And I say alleged. And now his wife is claiming uh, alleged abuse. Listen. Nobody really knows what this woman's got. Now she's asking for a lot of money, but her lifestyle is really hefty since being with Dr. Gray. Now, my personal opinion if I'm getting my ass kicked, you know what? I'm ready to get rid of his ass. I'm downsizing my life. My kids are grown. I'm going to downsize as much as I can possible and come to some sort of agreement financially with him. I personally think a fair assessment, this is just personal marketing, okay? Now, I wouldn't be trying to take half that $800 million because shit, my ass won't piece tip. I don't want his crazy ass to be chasing me around allegedly with a black gun and shit. So uh, the best thing I would say is that to ask for your attorney fees pay and 150 to 200 million. I think that's a fair price for 27 years and having two children. And I think you should downscale your out shit, and get rid of his ass. Especially if his ass is out here, you know, uh, violent and shit. Just don't don't trigger him no far. Surely you can do. You got a law degree. Surely you can do what you need to do with 200 million dollars and still live a nice life for 150 million dollars. And and him paying the court fees and and have a great life. Sometimes you women need peace, too. And you want to leave with your life. Especially some violent people. You don't want nobody who's been accused of violent in the past chasing your ass around. Because you won't have. Mm Mm-mm. Get your peace. Dr. Dre, you need to get your peace too. Yeah. give her a hundred, fifty, two hundred, give her a nice settlement and, and you got plenty of hits. in your ass and get out here and make some records and produce some more, you'll be fine. You make that back real quick. But I would say this much in the cup. You dealing with somebody with alleged violent incidents in the background and you claiming him to be violent. And you trying to add? you triggering his ass by asking for all of this shit. I be trying to get out of this shit as fast as possible. If somebody's violent and and, and I'm scared of people coming out and getting black guns and shit and all that, I be like, you know what, let me me end this with this food because I need to be free. Free, free, free. Get in there and ask for something decent that scale down your
2: lifestyle
0: and,
1: and, and it's just you next. The kids is 19 and 20. He's going to take care of his kids. You need to scale down your lifestyle for you. It's just you. i if you're asking your ass in a, a nice condo or something like that.
2: A move out
1: of the, uh, Malibu or whatever. If you got to scale down to another city or whatever. But it ain't worth nobody taking uh, being violent and threatening to hurt you and all that, it ain't worth it, get your peace, okay, get your peace, ask for all this shit, these asses might be allegedly crazy people, no, many women have made the mistake of that, not worth your life, not worth it at all, okay, all right, so, uh, listen, we got a lot more to talk about this week. Uh, I got to talk about Louis Vuitton out here, a seventy dollars face mask uh, A $1,000 face mask Should we end the show with that? <clears throat> I think we will we'll, talk, we'll, we'll have another show This week <clears throat> And we'll talk about more of the uh, We'll have a short show this week But we'll talk about some of the celebrity news That I haven't been able to get to We will have another show I will try my best to have another show Sometime during the week to talk about that, okay? But meanwhile, we're going to end the show tonight How about we need the time, okay? Moving the time back out here in these streets, in these coronavirus streets. See, people with opportunities out here. That's why things think is going on with these, with these, a lot of these footballs and basketball people having Black Lives Matter on journey and shit. I feel like it's product placement. People go, and that's another story. We'll talk about that some other time, about how celebrity is candering Black Lives Matter and black stuff. We'll talk about that in another day. So will save that for the next show. But I want to end you with this story by Louis Vuitton. Cover your mug and style with nearly a $1,000 fancy face shield. Okay? This is for the com. It says PPE has gone full bougie because soon you'll be able to fight Kobe-19 and looks like doing it. At the same time, for a pretty, pretty penny, of course. This is TMZ saying Louis Vuitton is introducing a new item to their 2021 cruise collection: a high-priced face shield laced with their signature LV trim along the edges of the plastic itself and headband, plus their well-known gold studs. It's supposed to hit the market starting next month. And get this. It's only going to cost folks a mere $961 more or less. To recap, that's almost a two grand for a plastic, more plastic and silver of a leather with some misty prints. A reported description of Louis V. Louis v forthcoming Company's face shield says it can also be slipped up and worn as a visor. So dual function, if you can call it that. They also say it's an eye-catching headpiece, both established and protected, The she also turn dark in the sun or bright light. L.B. isn't the first faction, uh, luxury faction, Branson Davo, and Cozy Rills. Where you recently announced that they were rolling out their own face mess, okay? But they were born for about $115. Let
0: me talk to y'all about this.
1: God, this is this shit. This, I mean, capitalism is so funny. Even in the middle of a pandemic, it can't
0: stop. Now is the
1: time.
0: It's about to sell folks, a thousand dollars. For a thousand dollars, a face mask. Burberry's asked that is going
1: to charge one hundred and fifteen dollars for a mask. That shit's too high. You can get them at six dollars. Gotta, y'all got to be kidding What is the world coming We got to be living in the time What is going on to Sell a thousand dollar face
2: mask
1: Plastic face mask It ain't trending no gold Like 14 karat gold Ain't got diamonds in it and shit they Ain't got no that They just going to sell me A bunch of plastic and leather. What the hell is going on a, are we crazy? That's the last story, of I can't do this shit on here. let It's 4 o'clock. Oh, my goodness. Y'all, that's what we need to end with it. More of the time out here being an opportunity the opportunist are. I like might even ruin the time, but damn it, I'd be damn I buy a face man for $1,000. Who the hell is out here going to do this? What is going on in the world? Oh, it's plastic at that. I can't really try to fill out some
0: plastic around this joint. Goodness. What are we going to end it here? God, we got to end it with a gift on that guy. I don't even know what the end after that. You what know, kind of crazy is going on in the world. <sighs>
1: You gotta end it with something happy. I need something to cheer me up. <laughs> they gonna offer a salad. They gonna get it too. They gonna get it.
2: Goodness, goodness,
1: man, you guys. I will have a show later on during the week. We will get together. We will we will do a show, and I will get to rest to to, to the rest of these uh, things. We need to get to these stories. But we're gonna end it tonight. One of my favorites, Kim. You don't have to lie to me, lie to me. I love this first Joint, okay? I am out. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. beginning of your week. I will try to come on this week and give y'all a show. Remember you can hit me up on Twitter at Carly underscore I mean Carlotta what is it on Twitter? Steve Chat with Show and on and Carlotta seventy two on Twitter. And on Instagram is Carly underscore Galaxy. And the Carlotta with Facebook page you can hit me up on and leave me a message if you have an idea for a show and you want to be on the show. You got a book or some of your products or something like that you want to talk about. Hit me up, okay? I'm out. You guys have a wonderful week. And I'm going to try to come on to give y'all that part two of the show this week, okay? I'm going to try my best, all right? I'm out. Have a good one, y'all. I'm,
0: like I'm ready to go to sleep now. <laughs> we leave when we kill. Lie to of y'all. See so y'all have a good one. me. You don't have to lie to me. Go you ain't gotta to lie to me. Go, you ain't gotta to lie, to got to lie to me. I'm ready to love you, babe. When it's, over, when it's over, baby, why don't we kick back and relax? There's nothing over our shoulder. I give them praise every day, I can hold you. Baby, that's the way it should be. Mama, you're my shining star. Girl, I don't want to live without you. There's nobody. You're like a dream in my arms, girl. And you ain't gotta lie to me. You don't have to lie to me. Girl, you ain't gotta lie to me. You ain't gotta lie to me. Yeah. Ready to love you, babe. I'm ready to love you. You don't have to change a thing. Yeah.